Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Hello, wrestling fans. Welcome to the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Nate, Aaron, and Kyle here with you. We've already started talking before we even started recording this week, but... This week's show, just to get that out there, is a pay-per-view review show. I didn't write down which pay-per-views you guys had when we did the drawing. Which ones did you? Which one did you have, Kyle? I had Super Brawl nineteen ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. What did you have, Aaron? Halloween Havoc nineteen eighty-nine. And I had uh, Super Brawl oh one. So we all had WCW. But I think I got the. I think I got the dick up the butt on that one. Yeah, you- <laughs> You got the short end of the stick. It's pretty bad. But we're going to do that. We're going to do our pay-per-view reviews. We were just talking about bad jobber names before we went on the air. Aaron said the worst is Ken Raper. Ken Raper. <laughs> Should have thought of something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's probably his real name. It's like, well, why would you yeah. Why would you yeah. use your real yeah. name? Yeah. Change your last name to Doll. At least then you'd be Ken Doll. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> something you know other than raper. <laughs> yeah, we had a fucking. He always used a rag of chloroform before hitting his finisher, the unlawful penetration. <laughs> this his name wasn't like Dick Army or something. And I put that he was also trained by Grizzly Smith and Buck Zumoff. <laughs> oh, Buck Zumoff. And then some guy got mad. And he was like, I know it's a joke, but that ain't funny. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Buck Zumoff is the worst human being ever in wrestling. That guy's an asshat. Yeah. Him and that... Worse uh, than Fritz? Yeah, yeah, because Fritz wasn't like a child molester or anything. That, that Buck Zumoff was a... You know, the worst thing about him was he wasn't even good. Like... Like oh. as a wrestler, like his his gimmick was didn't fit him at all. Rock and roll, Buck Zumoff. He looked he looked fifty with this what? big poofy mullet. And... Then this other guy, he put something funny on here. He was like, "This guy's very picky. He only rates guys named Ken." <laughs> I was like, "That's funny." I think I think the worst <laughs> name for a rapist would be Grizzly. You mean Jake Roberts? Jake Roberts? You mad? Yeah, can you imagine Grizzly's going to come get you? They're like, please don't. Uh, he was born out of love, and I love him now. Born out of love. No, no as, he wasn't. As they're, just, as, <laughs> as they're just hitting that rock with a sledgehammer, like, that's that's one of the most awkward moments in Beyond the Mat. Like, why are they just hitting that rock with a sledgehammer? What the fuck is well, going on? it's like, at that time, that's what Jake was good at. <laughs> hitting the well, rock. I can just, I can just... <laughs> You just see fucking Grizzly Smith be like, well, oh, since you're on. here. Come on, that was great. I know it was. <laughs> Kyle just kept going. <laughs> yeah, you see the fucking Jake. <laughs> <Is it laughs> no love hitting the rock joke. 
he did cocaine a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> like fucking uh Motley Crue is blushing with the amount of fuck cocaine that man did. <laughs> But no, I just fucking imagine him showing up at his dad's. He's like, "Well, I guess since you're here, you got faggot. You might as well help me hit fucking this break some rocks. Hit me, help me hit this rock. Oh, what, daddy? <laughs> no, not that kind of rock. We're finally get a bond, <laughs> and then be, and then we'll have to be out on bond. Yeah, uh, fucking worst part of that shit. Uh, fucking beyond the mat is when he has the white shit on his fucking coat. And he's like, "What the fuck is this? Chocolate or something?" Chocolate. <laughs> Like, you are fucking gone, man. <laughs> and this guy wrote this story about somebody else that was just another thread I got on. Somebody posted like some pictures of Doink. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and um someone was like, I got to see Drunken Doink. Yep, that's right. Matt Bourne versus Dan Severin twenty years ago. The match started and Matt called him a motherfucker <laughs> and <laughs> Severn wrestled him down and won within a minute. As we were all leaving, Matt was outside, cursing and swearing at everyone who passed by. <laughs> so I put to this guy, <laughs> do, 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 that do, sounds do, do, amazing. Do, do, do. <laughs> he was wrestling as Doink? Yes. That's great. <laughs> and he was drunk, and he got out there with Dan Severn, and he thought that was a good opportunity, I guess, to look at Dan Severn and go, you motherfucker. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it'll be Dan Severn versus Drunk the Clown. And Dan Severn just beat his ass. It's funny. And then Matt Bourne went out in the alley and just started yelling at everybody. It's funny. There's, <laughs> few, there's few men in this world that I would call a motherfucker, even if I was drunk. I think Dan Severn would be on that fucking list. <laughs> there, it's funny that that one that one Raw where Vince and um, uh, Rob Bartlett are calling him Dork the Clown, and then <laughs> Vince realizes he's like Dork. No, it's not Dork. No, like, it happens. Man, it like happens the, on the air. The, the 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 like voice of reason in that situation because they come back and doing stuff in the stands, and Rob Bartlett's just like, "There's Dork the Clown." <laughs> And Vince just goes with it. He yeah. is, yep, that's dork. There's just like this moment of realism. <laughs> and, and then he says it again, and then Rob Barr's like, ah, dork the clown. And then Randy Savage is like, his name's Doink. <laughs> and Vince's like, yeah, yeah, Doink. Who would who would name a clown Dork? Dork. <laughs> dork. Oh, oh, Vince, you would. Dork the clown. Dork's a stupid name for a clown. <laughs> like, like, for a minute, Vince thought the clown's name was dork. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He has this moment of realization on live TV. that he's, he's... Like, dork, Dork's a stupid name for a clown. <laughs> it's so funny. And none of them fucking sell it, but it's great. <laughs> because it's a real conversation. <laughs> Those three oh, guys, like, none of them are in character. <laughs> like, Randy's just like, his name's Doink. Like, in this regular voice, Vince's like, yeah, dork. <laughs> Stupid name for a clown. <laughs> oh, look at this action. I was watching, like, an old WWF, and there's this big, fat jobber guy, and he gets in the ring, and he's, like, jumbling all around, and Vince McMahon's like, oh, my lord. Look at this guy. <laughs> look at Bring this guy. here. He's <laughs> totally just fat shaming this guy. So speaking of Vince, speaking of Vince McMahon, I don't think Vince McMahon's moving uh, Crown Jewel from Saudi Arabia. 
the way the way they well, he doesn't want to get beheaded. The, the way they portrayed it on TV this week, I don't know, Aaron. I don't know if you watched Raw and SmackDown. No, I did not. Kyle, did you watch Raw and SmackDown this week? Yeah. Okay. If you noticed this week on the show, they talked about other shows. They talked about the Crown Jewel show, but they never mentioned it being in Saudi Arabia. I think that's what they think is their. I don't know their cure for this is they're just not going to mention that it's in Saudi Arabia until it fucking happens. And then they're like, Hey, like, where are they going to say like right. it coming live from somewhere? Yeah. I don't know how they not Saudi Arabia with it, Saudi Arabians fucking in the front row. It's like, it's like ECW renaming that shitty ass arena, the ECW arena. So they didn't have to say live from the bingo hall, you know? It's like they're just they're just gonna play it up as it's not. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and when the show hits, they might just say from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, you know. But well, they're gonna have to because everybody's gonna be wearing that outfit. <laughs> that same. Everybody's that, gonna notice. They're gonna that have that. Wearing the same outfit. They're gonna have that same tablecloth on their head. Oh, it's a ta- Oh yeah. Yeah, it looks but like a tablecloth. I'm just not watching their show until that's over. That's the decision I made. I'm not watching that pay per view. I'm not watching their show till that pay-per-view is over. When that pay-per-view is over, I will continue to watch their show because I think I know what they're going to do. What's that? I don't think they're going to promote any more shows from there. Yeah, they'll probably still do the shows, but you're right. They'll, yeah, they'll still do the shows, but they won't promote them. Yeah. They'll promote them in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, yeah. but not, yeah, you're right. They'll probably do it it's, that way. They should take all of the revenue they got from that show and make it extra revenue added on to the um, Evolution pay-per-view and then give all the Saudi Arabians money that they gave them to all the women. Yeah. And the boys, but any of the extra revenue, just give it to the girls. So here you go. Yeah, and they're, you know, they I don't know, they... I, a lot of people say – I hear a lot of people making this statement that they're they're being hypocritical by doing a show – doing shows in Saudi Arabia and then having an all-women's pay-per-view. Well, I don't think it's hypocritical. No, I, 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 I think I, it's – I don't subscribe to that just because I think that, that – having an all-women's pay-per-view in the United States and having a show in Saudi Arabia are two completely different animals. I, I, I agree. I just think it'd be funny to give a bunch of sexist guys yeah. give, hey, give their give, money to women. Give their money to women, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Smackdown. Uh, oh, go ahead, Kyle. I just think it's fucking ridiculous that it's like... <clears throat> Just the bad press that they're going to come with for all of this. I mean, it's just, is it worth it? They don't give a shit. Uh, I, well, they don't give a shit. But it's I not mean, just the the only the, the only way that they're going to stop doing these Saudi Arabia shows is if someone else that they work with that benefits them more financially has a problem with it. If Fox says don't do these shows. What the, does the fox say? The, then they're going to go, okay, we won't do these shows. You know what I mean? Or if a major, major sponsor says you need to stop, not do these shows. We've decided to make a deal with Qatar. We're going to go there instead. <laughs> no. 
it's the worse. <laughs> Don't go anywhere where that barbaric religion runs the government. Period. End of story. But it, I don't know. To me, does it feel like to you guys? It's like wow. So Saudi Arabia brought out Shawn Michaels and brought him out of retirement, which kind of killed that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and the most unfortunate. That's the most unfortunate thing for me. For it is, I really want to watch. Shawn Michaels' return match, but I'm not going to get to because out of principle, I'm not watching that show. I mean, and I'm not being a baby about it. I'm just not going to watch that show, you know? I'm not going to go on social media and slam WWE because I'd be a hypocrite. I watch their product. Frankly, I drive a Ford car. I mean, Ford does business in Saudi Arabia. I pay Ford $300 a month every month. I, yeah. But, I don't know. It, It just... You got a fine line there. Now, as far as SmackDown 1000 goes, you know what's crazy when I watch that is remember back in the day when they would have these they would have these special shows where special people were going to be on the special show and all this, and it was exciting and it was great and it was cool. And I mean, this show did not feel special to me at all. No, I mean, really, name me one thing that happened on it that was they just. It, their product doesn't give me that feeling anymore. Well, and that's the problem is that when you sit there and say, like, do you watch Raw or SmackDown? Our immediate response is, yeah. Mm. Eh. Now, that's another question I wanted to ask. Yeah, because there really wasn't anything else that, like, super duper happened this week. Um, but that was the question I was going to pose to you guys since we do about 30 minutes on the modern product at the beginning of the show is... What are your modern product viewing habits? What shows do you watch? What shows do you watch the whole show? Um, what's your favorite? You, you see what I'm saying? Like, what what shows do your appointment viewing for you? Yep. So, Kyle, you first. How do you? What do you watch every week? How do you watch? What What's your favorite promotion? <clears throat> Usually, if I'm gonna when I watch, it's gonna be like NXT. Because so, it's quick, it's it's an hour long, it's you're you're done, and, and it's, it's still fucking wrestling. Yeah, it's a good it's a good wrestling show. Now, do you watch I, do, do you watch Raw and SmackDown every week? I will watch SmackDown, and I'll watch the Hulu. I might watch Raw, just because on Raw they there really isn't much on Raw. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. Just as an example, the. Uh, Strowman, Ziggler, McIntyre versus The Shield has been the main event for Raw the past three weeks in a row. You know, and they they put this this cool heel faction together with Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre, and they've already broken it up. And, right. But and I'm sick and fucking tired of hearing about fucking Dean Ambrose. Oh, is he gonna fucking turn on the Shield? Is yeah. No, he's not going to turn on the shield because they've fucking... Yeah, they wouldn't have... say it if he was going to. Yeah, it's going to be somebody else. Now, do you watch anything other than a WWE product? Do you watch 205 Live? No. No. Anything other um, Anything other than WWE Weekly? I'm going to be quite honest with you. What I do is I watch recap shows mm-hmm. of, you know, like indie stuff and like New Japan and... Uh, impact because I just don't have fucking time, right? You know, I mean, like I said, a lot of a lot of the time, what I'm doing is I'm listening to podcasts, 
mm-hmm. of weekly review shows <clears throat> for that shit because at work it's I got eight hours to kill. Right, and it's not like you missed anything. No, and if there's something cool, yeah, then I'll go back and watch it. <laughs> what? Were you, were, you, were you laughing at me? I w- no. Oh, well, hell. Well, Kyle just said, I wonder if like Jeffrey Dahmer's ever said that. <laughs> uh, work, I got eight hours to kill. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Serial ab- killers put in that put in like an eight hour day. What about what about you, Aaron? What are you? Can't wait to get home to those bodies. What are your viewing habits, Aaron? Um, how modern can we go? Well, I'm just yeah. Well, well I guess that's that's one more that's right one now. that's one more question for Kyle. Kyle, I, that's a good one, Aaron, because I was going to put that in my viewing habits too. Now, do Kyle, do you watch a majority of old stuff? Yes. Yeah. I will watch. Quite honestly, I will watch 97, 98 Rawls. I mm-hmm. don't care about 99. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll watch fucking like 93 to about 97, 98 Rawls. Nitro, on the other hand, I will watch till about 97, 98 as well. But usually I find myself sitting down and enjoying Nitro better, just the presentation. Mm-hmm. Because it's not. How do I want to put this where it doesn't sound ridiculous? It's not just about like, oh, we're building towards next week or we're building towards this. It's like, hey, you might get to see fucking Brad Armstrong versus fucking Glacier. Or you might get to see fucking Scott Hall versus fucking Larry Zabisco. And it's shit that you don't get to see very often. Or right. It's, it's different. So Aaron, and it's, it feels like it feels like a sports show. Mm-hmm. Nitro does. It feels like, hey, these two guys are gonna fight. Prince Ikea and fucking Ray are gonna fight tonight because the standings in the cruiserweight title picture says, hey, these two guys should fight, and we'll see who's moving up. Yeah, my biggest problem with Nitro came once it went to three hours. There's too much filler. Then kind of like Raw is now. Yep. There's there's too much filler. Like. Like you said, it's cool to see once in a while there's like a Brad Armstrong versus Jushin Liger match or something just out of nowhere. But when they're throwing out, you know, Steve McMichael versus Wrath and <laughs> just throwing it out there, I, I have no interest in that. Well, but, well, and, but here and here's the other big thing about that is that even your jobber matches, because they had Saturday night and they had, you know, well, basically worldwide and stuff. Brad Armstrong might be a jobber, but he's has wins over less jobbers. So when mm-hmm. he beats somebody beats him on Nitro, it feels like a big fucking thing. Right. As opposed to now where it's just like yeah. Speaking yeah. of Brad, he had on you oh he had <laughs> <laughs> I just like type in random wrestlers on Amazon. Oh god. Seeing if you can find like rant like some kind of random action figure or something, you know. Well, I typed in Adam Bomb, and he had a. I shouldn't say he, but I think it was him because I don't think anybody else would put this price tag on it. But it was an autograph, WWF nineteen ninety four magazine of Adam Bomb, and he signed it, and he wanted ninety two dollars and ninety seven cents for it. He <laughs> can go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, it was worth five dollars till you wrote on it. Shut up, Brian Clark. Real quick, I put this up and I was like, you know, and then some other guy was like, ain't because I put, oh, look, Brian Clark's done his own shit on Amazon again. <laughs> and a dude was like, ain't he dead? I was like, no. And, he goes, and then the guy was like, oh, I'm sorry, that was his tag team partner. 
was like, yeah, it was Brian Adams. Team with Brian Clark would kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick before we get into the everybody else's thing, have you ever wa- looked at like the pictures for shit that's like, hey, I got photographic proof that so and so signed it. They look so fucking happy to be there. Yeah, they just look like so they look like you motherfucker. You're gonna sell us on goddamn eBay. So happy. <laughs> Aaron. What? Uh, now, so what's <clears throat> what are your viewing? wrestling viewing habits well i've just been watching a lot of old stuff on network i've kind of started where i fell off uh watching new japan on axis i gotta get caught back up on that but i mean i just found mlw on my on my tv so i'm gonna start recording that mm-hmm. i mean that's really it i mean i just don't watch a lot of the the current stuff just because it doesn't a lot of it doesn't appeal to me anymore. So you don't uh, how, how okay, out of 4 weeks, out of 4 weeks out of the month, how many weeks would you say you actually watch Raw or SmackDown? Two. NXT? Uh, one. Um okay. I just And I, then, I, and then everybody you said, talks about how great NXT is and it's it's not it's, it's just it's good. She, and I, I'm a I'm a pay per view guy. She yeah NXT NXT she ain't what she used to be like. I'm just even like that with the WWE. I'm a pay per view guy. When they're on pay per view, they're perfectly fine because they're 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 just having their matches. They're presenting their product as a show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Their stories suck. Other than that super showdown, that super show. I'll get to that in a minute. And um, as far as I go. I watch, um, I didn't watch the super showdown, so I can't I, talk about that. I either. watch, well, I, it's, it's not a big point of, on the show. It's just, well, I always die out kind of while you guys talk about this stuff. Something I noticed about it. Um, I don't, I don't watch raw and SmackDown are not appointment viewing for me anymore. Actually, I, I usually watch on a day off when I get up in the morning having my coffee or whatever I will watch Raw and Smackdown both on Hulu and I fast forward through the majority of the show unless I I watch usually the promos Um, I don't watch the whole matches unless it's a match I'm really interested in and I fast forward through them NXT it depends on how what the show is how the show is that week I will either watch the whole thing uninterrupted or I'll fast forward through that I watch. I don't watch New Japan, but I do watch Ring of Honor. I'm actually a Honor Club member, so I can watch their TV show every week. And I watch. I usually watch their show every week. And but the only show, to be honest, that I watch from beginning to end anymore, as crazy as it sounds, without fast forwarding through any of it, is MLW. MLW is actually a really cool promotion. Um, it's pretty old school. Shivani and Matt Stryker do the play-by-play. It's got, I guess I don't want to say it's old school. It's it's old school in the way that it's booked, but they have a lot of the guys. I don't watch any Impact. I have no idea even what's going on in Impact unless it makes news. Um, but they have, they have guys I really like, like Jimmy Havoc is really good. 
Brian Pillman Jr. just made his debut, his in-ring debut on that show this week. And he's been, he's he's in the Hart Foundation with Teddy Hart and uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. And they've got a cool thing going on. Pentagon's on there. La Parca's on there. Kind of chubby now, which is funny. Um, they have they have some really cool younger guys too, like uh, MJF and Filthy Tom Lawler. It's a really good promotion. Um, that I, I recommend to listeners to check it out. And then, as far as the classic stuff goes, I I watch everything in chronological order that's on the network. And just when I'm done, I go back. So, like right now, I'm in 1995, so I'm watching WWF 95, WCW 95, ECW 95. But that's how I do that, unless there's just something I, I off-the-cuff want to watch. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's sad to say, but for someone that used to need to watch Raw and SmackDown from beginning to end every single week, I do not do that anymore. And actually, there are weeks where I'll miss them and don't even give a shit. Just read the recap and, hey, yeah, you know, nothing happened, as usual. And then, like Aaron said, you know, you just, I mean, you don't even have to, it used to be that the the, the TV show was what you wanted to watch, and if you didn't get to see the pay-per-view, like back when you had to buy the pay-per-view, it wasn't a big deal. It sucked because you couldn't see the pay-per-view, but now you can watch the pay-per-view, and it doesn't matter if you watch the TV show or not. First of all, and that was one of the things I was going to say about the Super Showdown. That show, watching that show, annoyed the shit out of me because, first of all, after every match, there was some kind of a commercial for something. Because they have so much product now that they're constantly promoting eight things at the same time. And on top of that, before every fucking match, there's this seven minute video recapping the entire feud. Like, they know people don't watch their show. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I just like I don't need to see this. I don't need to see seven minutes telling me why these people are going to have a match before every match. All right. So here's here's a good question for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I want and you know, this is bringing up some serious discussion. <clears throat> is it the fact? And I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Okay. Is it the fact that? wrestling is boring as shit now is it the fact the storylines are bad is it the fact that it was better when we were younger or is it the fact that when we were younger it was you could watch monday night raw you could watch heat and you know smackdown was there but i mean for me smackdown was hard to get because it was upn and mm-hmm. like it was to, to get it on regular stations it was fucking fuzzy as shit so yeah it wasn't so, it, in this area, it wasn't always available, right? Um, so usually, so usually it was you had two hours, and even with Nitro, you had like two hours and stuff. The, the point is that now we have it at a fucking fingertips. Where when we're younger, it's like I remember I played the living shit out of the same fucking pay per views that I ordered and taped. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know. And so it's like you just kept watching the same shit over because Oh yeah, I don't know how many times I don't know how many times in my life since 1997 I've watched WrestleMania 13 and it's never boring. Right. So here and here's the question about that. Is it the fact is it the fact that it's that's it's it's worse than it was or is it the fact that we're not used to the fact that it's 
everything is at our fucking it's at your fingertips now where you can go fucking you don't have to go with time without wrestling well i think it's a combination of a few things Uh for it because it it depends on your i think it depends on your age too i think it's a combination of a few things i think first yes like you said everything's at your fingertips now so if i want to discover a new wrestling product all i got to do is get on the internet you know, I mean, I, I watch I watch MLW for free every week on YouTube. They have a YouTube channel. They put their show up every week. You can go back to episode one and watch it all the way through the promotion. That's what I did when I first started watching it, and I got hooked. Now, I think another thing is, as classic wrestling fans, and this is where this is where we go into age. It's more it's more fun for me to watch the old stuff than it is to watch. Like there's weeks that I'll be like, you know, I need to watch raw. And then I'll be like, ah, fuck it. I want to watch what I'm watching of the old times. So I'll just watch that instead. But then you come to this, you come to this. We are, I remember when I was in my twenties being on the internet and guys, that are on the internet. Remember, you know, you remember message boards. Yep. You know, you'd be on the internet and there's the, and this is like 90, this is like 99, 2000, 2001 when shit was hot as fuck. And I remember guys in their forties and fifties, maybe even late thirties in these message boards going, ah, it was so much better when superstar Billy Graham was on top. This product today is garbage. And I realize as time goes on, is there a little bit of that in us? Have we become those guys? Because, you know, there's little dudes out there right now where John Cena is literally an old guy, like Harley Race would have been to us by the time we started watching. And Roman Reigns and the Shield are the shit. So, I think it's a combination well, see, of things. But I do, but, I do, I do have to acknowledge that it is. It was better in my day. We're old guys now. I mean, not old like, like fucking old farts, but you know what I mean. We're we are becoming. It was better in my day, guys. Just like the guys before us did. Yep, I just celebrated my thirty second birthday yesterday. So. I know what you're saying, but here's the, here's the thing I want. uh, My big thing is, okay. So we've all watched wrestling our entire lives, right? Mm -hmm. So like, let's go back to like 94, 95 when it was fucking Duke, the dumpster drowsy. And it was pretty shit, but I still watched it every week because, and and you did you like it? Yeah, I did. Okay. See, (laughs) now here's my issue. Is it so much the fact that is the product bad or is the fact that we have so many fucking, alternatives now we have so many different podcasts and and all these different things where people are like oh you know my god you listen to steve austin's show he talks about how oh it used to be better it used to be better you listen to jim Cornette, it used to be better you listen to any podcast people are telling you it used to be better how much of it is it truly the fact that it used to be better or is it the fact that we're blinded by all well, of our heroes saying, I, I, hey. I, I, yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. I promise you. Okay, so in 94, uh, 
93, 94, 95, I would have been in the 14 to 16 age range, okay? And I loved watching Raw. And, but I guarantee you that a kid that's that's a, that is that age now is not listening to Steve Austin or Jim Cornette's podcast because those to them those are old guys. They're not listening. They're not. They're not listening to it. That. But the for us, yes, we're we're listening. Show, we're we're listening to our own choir. We're in our own bubble. Right. Essentially, but the problem, but the problem is that because we think that it used to be better, because we think that you know, is that the reason why people are booing Roman Reigns? And you know, if I was a fucking ten year old, I'd be like, the fuck do I like this guy for? Everyone's fucking booing him, right? Like, but the fuck is this? But I promise you this: if if you would have been living, okay, all right, I'm going to use this as an example, okay, okay, all right, just and hear me out. Go back to 1993, okay, and throw – take 1993 and say the internet is what it is now in 1993, okay? Okay. Forming opinions, dirt sheets, everybody can talk – you know, everybody talks about what they want, et cetera, et cetera. Lex Luger is getting booed just like Roman Reigns is now. You 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 take you take the internet out of the promotion. You take the 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 just the a complete destruction of kayfabe out of everything, and let the fat guys in their mom's basement have a have a uh, a forum like they do now. And Lex Luger doesn't get cheered in his feud with Yokozuna. They shit on it. Right. So now here's it a is, question: I is, ask it you. is it is a symptom. Not a cause, I guess is what I'm saying. But see, now here's the question I want to ask you. Do you think that if in, you know, 1988, 1989, had there been, you know, because in 1993, there was a lot more smart fans Mm -hmm. and they knew how the business worked. And do you think that Hulk Hogan would have been over? Hulk Hogan's run, I don't think would have been as long in the internet age or, or, Put it this way, I think he would have his hand would have been forced quicker to a heel turn in the internet age. See that, and that's the interesting thing about it. Again, and you know, I've said it before: is it the fact that we, as fans, are more interested in the behind the scenes than what is going on on the product? Could be. Actually, it sounds funny, but the behind the scenes isn't even as interesting as it used to be. No, well, yeah, true. <laughs> this is. Everybody goes back to their hotel room and plays video games. There's no cool stories anymore. And and nobody nobody's like, you know, making fuss back, backstage in the WWE. They essentially work for Disney at this point, you know. They're just they're Muppets on the Disney show. Well, speaking of speaking of Disney, I think it's pretty interesting that we started to have the seeds of a Batista versus Triple H for Mania. Yeah. I think it's because... hap- I think it's happening. Oh, it, it definitely is going to happen because right now, fucking Batista is the biggest fucking star, probably other than Dwayne. Wrestling hat. <laughs> well, but not even Dwayne though, because think about it. Batista is is Drax in fucking uh, the Marvel movies. So right now, especially with this new 
uh, Marvel movie coming up, and you're going to have the trailers and shit starting to drop right when fucking WrestleMania comes around. Mm. Tista's going to be the biggest fucking thing. And hopefully he doesn't be Blue Tista. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, <laughs> it just seems funny that, you know, for as much as they think they're on the cutting edge, they have to still go back to. Oh, yeah. Yep, they because they haven't spent any time creating new stars. The new stars just seem like a backdrop to whenever old stars come around for WrestleMania. Now that's the new that's the new formula. Well, yeah, because think about when when Ice Tyson and Austin were in the ring together. It was not just a big deal because it was fucking Tyson, but because of Austin. Cold Stone. Oh, those two were, at, I think, at the same level. Hmm. And as far as like the lexicon and pop culture, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your, fu- your fucking grandma knew who Stone Cold Steve Austin was. My my grandma had a crush on Vince McMahon and Kurt Angle <laughs> and Kurt Angle. Yeah, our grandma loved Vince. Kurt Angle's a good looking young man. <laughs> she loved her some Vince McMahon too. Like, is that that Mister McMahon gonna be on tonight? <laughs> it was Mister McMahon, Kurt Angle, and uh, May Young and Moolah. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do that. <laughs> Remember, she thought she thought they weren't a costume. I was like, "No, Grandma, they're really, actually they're that old, old ladies. <laughs> they're just old, <laughs> old badass bitches." Yeah. Well, turns out one's a horrible human being. <laughs> but hey, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, fucking everybody in the rest of the business has been a horrible human being. Every everybody in general's a, a horrible human being. Um. So, Aaron, you got to go first last last week, so I'm going to let Kyle go first this week. Okay, I can do that. So who's going in the middle? Do you want Do you want second shot or do you want the main event? I don't care. You can be the main event this time. Okay, because my show's like actually good. Yeah, well, <laughs> and you just started drinking, so you're you know by the time you get to your show. <laughs> Alright, so when we come back, Kyle will review what Super Brawl 90s... Everybody got WCW this time, I just noticed that. Yep. Super Brawl 97, right? Yes. And Aaron, you had uh, Halloween, Halloween Havoc 89. Alright. Way to be prepared for your own show. So when we return... <laughs> when we return... Kyle will review Super Brawl 97 for us, and we'll be right back with the We Can't Wrestle podcast.
All right, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you want to download your favorite wrestling podcast, do so with this one. Just give us a good rating, five stars, please. And comments, it helps the exposure for the show, gets the word out there. So we're going to do pay-per-view reviews this week. And Kyle got Super Brawl 1997 WCW in their heyday. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle, get us started. All right. So, we're coming to you live from the Cow Palace. And it's, re- it's really cool because, like, they spent a lot of time at the beginning talking about, uh, especially Bobby the Brain, talking about this is the house that Roy Schreier built and the matches between Pepper Gomez and Ray Stevens and everything. So, it, it automatically starts to feel like it's a big deal that they're there. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was really fucking cool, man, was the beginning of at the beginning of the show you see like the set design and everything. The way they had it set up was they had fans above the set. If you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So it, it it made it there was uh, thirteen thousand three hundred twenty four. So it made it feel like like they could not fit everybody in the regular seats. They had to, you know it just made it feel like fucking packed. Made it feel special. Yeah, it was really cool because you never really see that. I mean, you kind of see it at the garden every once in a while, but they're not up above. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we're talking tonight is the biggest return match in the century. It's Roddy Piper. The match we've <laughs> all been waiting for. Yeah. It's the return match between Roddy Piper and Hollywood Hogan for the title this time. So... Yeah, this this was the uh, we'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. I just want to confirm this was the um, the pay per view where during the build up to the pay per view, Piper did his crazy uh, Alcatraz videos. Yes, because we actually open on that. He's in fucking Alcatraz in a ripped up dirty shirt. <laughs> Is there anything better than crazy Piper? Like. No. no, no, there's not. It's fucking matter of fact, he comes out to the ring in a fucking dirty shirt. And it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> he woke up in Alcatraz with the dirty shirt. He was like, oh, finally, this is happening. There's actually cameras here. <laughs> well, and what's fucked up is they say that he spent seven days and seven nights in Alcatraz. And it just didn't sound right to me. <laughs> I was like, shouldn't it be six days, seven nights? It depends. It depends on what he won there on Wheel of Fortune. Well, but anyways, so... A lot of candy bars and cigarettes and Alcatraz. What, are we too close to Portland? What is the real... What is the story ever, man? And it's fucking great, because you see Piper fucking running down the stairs of Alcatraz, and you just see all the guards that are hired actors just not even looking at the camera. <laughs> they're fucking faced away. The <laughs> Piper jumps on a boat, and he's fucking coming towards the Cow Palace. And one he's of on those, way. and one of those actors was a young CM Punk. It, it wouldn't surprise it me. It wasn't. I was just saying. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. So the beginning contest is six versus Dean Malenko, which yeah. I thought yeah. was fucking. Great to see because two, two of the best bell to bell workers of all time. Like, we're gonna open. We're gonna open this motherfucker. We're gonna open this motherfucker. 
Uh, Kyle, you definitely got the better WCW pay-per-view than I did. But anyway, go ahead. We got to make him forget about that 40-minute segment where Piper didn't know how to get out of Alcatraz. (laughs) (laughs) He got lost. (laughs) Like like Spinal Tap. (laughs) But uh, so Damalenko is champion, but Six has stolen the belt, so he comes out with the belt. And, I mean, it fucking, they pick it up. You could tell that, like, this is fucking classic Dean Malenko and classic fucking Sean Waltman, too. Well, those guys had worked together before. Fuck, Malenko's dad trained Sean Waltman, so. And it was nice to see because you didn't really get it. I mean, it's just me or it didn't seem like Six really fought a lot of the cruiserweights all the time. It was more, he was more. Well, a lot of times he just played. run was weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of times he played backdrop, and not to get off the topic. I mean, I guess it's still technically on topic because we're talking about Sean Waltman. But something that doesn't get talked about a lot, and Kyle, I don't know if I don't know if you got to see it. I know Aaron did because we used to watch it together. But some of the best series of matches I ever saw in my life, especially as a young dude. Like, I was into Sean Waltman before he was the one, two, three kid because we got GWF on ESPN. And Sean Waltman and Jerry Lynn had one of the greatest series of matches ever in that rinky dink, shitty ass promotion. And they were just great. Like, the, the, you know, you, you, you want to watch two good workers, very young learning their craft and doing very well at it. Go watch Jerry Lynn and, uh, oh, God, I don't even remember. What, what what was his name in GWF? Lightning Kid. Lightning Kid. I couldn't remember if it was Lightning or Cannonball. No, he wasn't Cannonball until he, until he came to WWE. And, but, folks, he said Jerry Lynn, not Jerry Flynn. Right. <laughs> Nobody ever accused Jerry Flynn of having a good wrestling match. You want to watch an epic classic that cat Jerry Flynn feud. Yeah. Or Jerry Ford. Take care of Ernest fucking Miller. And then he makes that that's face the like. Greatest I'm... Moment. That's one of the greatest moments in the history of professional wrestling. That guy right at the camera was like, I say you take care of Ernest fucking Miller. And then he had the I'm about to get fired look on his face. And then he got to the back and realized nobody was watching. Nobody was watching me in my pajama pants. Okay, this really is off topic But this is my favorite story Triple H ever told Mm -hmm. On a podcast (laughs) Talking about being terrorizing Okay Okay. And um, And he didn't want to come into WCW As terrorizing Because he hated the name And He comes in and he's going to do Some some dark matches And Kevin Sullivan's like Look, today we'll just call you Terrorizing, you know, and straight he's like, I don't like that name and he's like, Don't worry, bro, it's just it's just to get you out there and want to see what you can do, you know, mm-hmm. see how you look on camera and everything. And then he said he was a couple of days later he's outside mowing his yard and his girlfriend at the time was like, Paul, come in here, Paul, come in here and WCW Pro was on and he's coming out as Terrorizing. It's on T V. So he called Kevin Sullivan and he was like, what the fuck, Kevin? You said that wouldn't be on TV. And Kevin Sullivan's like, bro, nobody's watching that. <laughs> <laughs> bro. Be all right. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no. So what's cool is uh, the ending of this match kind of plays into something a little bit later on that we'll talk about when we get to it. But uh, <clears throat> uh, so Eddie Guerrero comes down to help fucking Dean Malenko because Six is cheating and he accidentally causes uh, Dean Malenko the match. Mm-hmm. So Six is your new cruiserweight champion. Legitimately. Yeah, legitimately. So, and this is where you're going to kind of, I'm not going to say anything right now. Just tell me if you get why the booking of this is a little fucking weird, okay? So we go from that cruiserweight match to a six-man tag team match. It's Lucha Libre rules. It's Conan, La Parca, Volano number four versus Juventud Guerrero, Super Calo, and Ciclope. Which could be on any random Nitro. Yeah. None of which ever worked for the WWE. (laughs) (sighs) Never, you're never going to live that down. I know. It's fine. Look, when I I fucked up, all right? I'm sorry that I didn't fucking realize who and Guerrero was part of the Mexicals. (laughs) Sorry, you didn't either. But, yo, it's, it's, Sorry, man. <laughs> okay, so uh, what can I say? It's fucking Lucha Libre six man tag. It's, it's, that, awesome. it's it sounds it sounds like even though the match has no build, it has no purpose on a pay per view. To me, it sounds like a fantastic match. <laughs> yeah. It is a fantastic match, but the, here's the problem that I had with it: they're all the ones that Conan could get over in the van. <laughs> 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 It it's it seriously looks very rehearsed. Oh, every lucha match is very rehearsed. Yeah, it looks like it's it's. I don't know. It, Not as rehearsed just, as a Will Osprey match, but rehearsed. No, it just it looks like everybody's setting everybody up <clears throat> for something. Right. The, you know, there's there's points where there's hurricanradas, and it's like, why is he just fucking? Oh, he's just sitting there waiting for it. Okay. Like, the fuck is going on here? Like, it just looks like it's very choreographed. You know what's uh, you know what funny about the Lucha guys in WCW? <clears throat> is they all used, like, okay, I don't want to say all. Until you were until you were a guy that they made into, like, an individual, an individual character instead of just one of the random Mexicans on the show. It's funny because they all used, like, one of... Three kind, three entrance themes. <laughs> yeah, well, so and here's what's fucked up is that you have then, five, five of the guys are in masks and look like fucking lucha libres, and you have Conan that looks like the fucking drunken uncle in his goddamn baggy <laughs> pants and his fucking tank top. Well, I mean, and also in WCW, if you were a luchador and you were in there with another luchador, you were unstoppable. <laughs> but when you got in there with like Disco Inferno, you got beat in like two minutes. Yeah. Like Eric Bischoff, he took those guys in, but he did nothing for them. You know what I mean? Right. Except for a few, there were a select and few. Those, those were the, those were the select few that stayed in WCW. Right. You know what I mean? All the other guys that were going back and forth, he never did anything with them. Except maybe Laparka and Psychosis. No, and Conan, Conan. Is the 
is like the biggest trafficker of Mexicans since. Uh, That's what uh, I'm saying. Those are the ones that you could get like, in the van. <laughs> yeah, like like uh, oh, fuck. What's his name? Um, the Mexican drug dealer guy. Anyway, Chapo. Yes, like Conan was like Chapo. He was like, "Hey, you come here. <laughs> I need to make money in WCW, Bato. <laughs> so you're coming with me this week." So every ten dollars you make, I get three. Is that co- <laughs> yeah? Comprende, <laughs> comprende ese. And, and, and the, thing about, the thing about Conan, he makes no bones about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Conan was Conan and was he, literally, literally, literally a wrestling pimp. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he makes no bones about it. Like that was one of my favorite things they ever did in the Broken Universe. Was when the Broken Hardys teleported to Mexico. And they showed up, and they were going to fight the Mexican tag team champions. Like they show up, and they're like, they're like Conan, Conan, the Hardy brothers are here. And like Conan goes out in the hallway and sees them, and he's like, "Lo, look, man, you need to get some bootleg Hardy shit made quick." <laughs> <laughs> oh, at this point, though, I need to I need to uh, reiterate that our broadcast team is Tony Giovanni. Dusty Rhodes and Bobby the Brain. Oh, no Mike Tanay this so, time? No. Mike Tanay out for this match? No. Oh, I got no attention then. Oh, fu- but go back and watch this. Just <laughs> but for it, fucking Dusty Rhodes that's trying what I was, to pronounce, pronounce these guys' names. Well, that's what I was about to say. There's almost nothing funnier than Dusty Rhodes commentating for a Lucha match. Oh, we get a lot of it tonight. It's fucking great. <laughs> Drag a screw leg whip. So can you you want to take a guess at who goes over? Mm. All right, Conan's team. Yep. <laughs> Go I figure. Have money. Pimp wins, bitch. <laughs> I don't know how to say bitch and Punta better have my money. Yeah. Bendejo. <laughs> so then we go to a WCW World Television match. It's Prince Ikea versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Oh my. Which and maybe again, maybe I'm gonna get made fun of this for this, but I didn't realize why his name is Prince Iakea. Because of King Curtis Iakea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They fucking bring that up and I was which like, Which is um, oh. which is a complete insult to King Curtis Iakea. Actually Kevin Sullivan was a fan of Prince Iakea and King Curtis Iakea gave them permission to use that. Does mm. he well, like Prince Iakea? Well, somebody was a fucking fan of Prince Iakea because That's Rey Mysterio Jr. But he lost or he won against Rey Mysterio Jr. Damn. Kevin, <laughs> but, Kevin Sullivan was a fan of the guy. But what was cool though is that Bobby the Brain Heaton has a lot of great fucking points throughout the show. I mean, it's Bobby the Brain Heaton, so whatever. But. He makes the point that the fans probably want to see Rey Mysterio Jr. win because the TV champion defends on TV. So thus, if he's the champion, the fans will get to see him more. And if Prince IFK is the champ, not the champion, <laughs> they don't have to see, see him, him less. <laughs> so they're Prince trying to. Prince IFK, I think, had the first man bun. I think he did. Too, I think. But, uh,. Have you noticed the fucking the trend here? Bunch of Mexicans? No, it's fucking three 
first three matches is all high impact fucking uh, cruiserweight action. Well, yeah, it's because it's, it's you gotta, the you area gotta, that you got, in. you got to keep people interested when two old fucks are going to be in the main event. Well, not not the fucking tail end of this goddamn thing. And plus, because, like I said, it's, it's the area of the country they're in. Well, and that's fine, but they could have spread this shit out throughout the fucking night because, oof, <laughs> oof, <laughs> oof. get to the towards the end, it's yeah, there's some stuff. But that's how a lot of WCW pay per views went, though. It was a great show, and then like after about a mi- uh, an hour forty five minutes, it just went off the cliff. <laughs> it just it's like goddamn, you could have had the, some of these sprawled out throughout the show to break up the monotony because. <clears throat> There's fucking two matches coming up that, goddamn, it's something. <laughs> but. <laughs> so, yeah, as I said, Prince I.K. goes over Rey Mysterio Jr. Okay. Which, which is just really odd, but like Aaron yeah. said, Sullivan was booking at the time, so if he liked Iakea, you know. Yeah. So, next we have Diamond Dallas Page versus Buff Bagwell. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and it fucking, it's a Diamond Dallas Page versus Buff Bagwell match. DDP hits Bagwell with the fucking Diamond Cutter, and here comes the NWO to come out and beat up on Diamond Dallas Page. And <clears throat> I Bagwell's hated... disqualified because we can't beat Bagwell. I hated that entire feud. Like, DDP to me is an anomaly in wrestling in that you know how they say Ric Flair could have a good match with a broomstick yeah DDP was the opposite like Ric Flair (laughs) and this isn't necessarily dissing DDP but Ric Flair and see if you follow what I'm saying Ric Flair could get in a feud with fucking King Kong from the awesome Kongs all right Feud would be over, Flair would be over, matches would be decent because he could carry that fat fuck to a good match. DDP was the opposite. DDP was the guy that always had really good feuds with guys that could carry him to a good feud. Like, he was a good second guy in the feud. Savage. Prime example. I thought you were... I thought you were going to say Ric Flair could work with a broomstick and get the broomstick over. I thought you said the broomstick worked with DDP and got DDP over. That is what I'm saying. Like, if DDP worked with the broomstick, we'd be like, damn, it's a good-ass broomstick. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's like the story to me of DDP's the career. Help him get over because it's probably what he used to help like, sweep off fish off porch. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> It's me. It's me. It's D D sweep. If Bischoff when it got promoted, DDP would have been like when he was gone, he would have been gone. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. He would have got brought back, especially at that time. He was fat DDP. Like, and before that, it was Dusty that liked the guy, Mm -hmm. so Dusty kept him around. You know? I'm not trying to completely hate on DDP. DDP isn't complete garbage, but he just—I don't know. I don't. I don't know. DDP's a personality. Yes, 
Yeah. Like it, when you put DDP in the ring, it's bullshit. But like, if he was like a commentator or a manager or something, I didn't mind the guy. Mm-hmm. DDP was an entrance. It's when the bell rang. Yeah, when the bell yeah, rang, it depended on who he was in the ring with. I mean, I mean, I don't know if anybody in the entire world would ever say DDP had a better feud than the feud he had with Randy Savage. No. But anyway, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. So now we go to our match, to my personal match of the night. It's Eddie Rero versus Chris Jericho for the United States Championship. How do you go wrong? <laughs> you God, know, like, how well, do you and go here's, wrong? And here's what's interesting. Both of them are faces mm-hmm. in this. And this is where I was talking about earlier that it'll <laughs> come up later because, like, through the entire match, Eddie Guerrero just seems like he can't shake off Chris Jericho. And Bobby Hinn brings it up perfectly, like, hey, you need to forget about what happened with uh, your friend Dean Malenko earlier and worry about Chris Jericho. Right. So it was fucking beautiful storytelling. But it was weird watching both of them be fucking baby faces. But you start to see kind of like the the seeds of Chris Jericho turning heel. Mm Mm-hmm. Doing some dirty tactics or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But easily fucking match of the night. It's Eddie Guerrero. It's Chris Jericho. You can't, I mean, seriously, I mean, it's, it's very rare in wrestling where you can say, well, you put these two guys together, it can't go wrong. But, you know, Jericho, Guerrero, Flair, Steamboat, you know, it's, yeah, you're right. You can't, you just can't go wrong. Austin, You're going to have a Austin Rock. <laughs> What'd you say, Aaron? Bundy Little Beaver. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Probably the noise Little Beaver made. <laughs> so then we go to a fucking horrible fucking match. It's the fucking worst match of the night. It's the Public Enemy versus Harlem Heat versus the Faces of Fear. With Harlem Heat Faces of Fear in this match, I kind of uh, am surprised by that. It would be good. You take out the... <laughs> Well, that's the problem. You take out the you take out the gangster bushwhackers, and uh... that, that's the fucking. They only get like fucking seven minutes, and because goddamn, we gotta have fucking it's our next a, match. Is it a title match? Huh? Is it a title match, or were the outsiders no, title champs? No, yeah, the time? outsiders champs. Those guys should have been okay. called the nasty whackers. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, well. Uh... <laughs> Well, and what's fucked up is that the Steiners were supposed to be a part of this originally. They got ran off the road, didn't they? Yeah. And it was supposed to be for the number one contendership, but as they state, it's not fair to the <laughs> Steiners, so we're not going to have, it's not going to be for anything. It's just the three of them wrestling. Cause... Can I ask this question? Can I ask this yeah. question? Do you guys know what angle I'm talking about? When the Steiners got, when their car got ran off the road. Yeah, it was garbage. Yeah. But, Huh? It was garbage. <laughs> you think it's a bad angle? Yeah. <laughs> I do. <clears throat> I think it's stupid. At the, time, at the time, and when I watched it, when we watched it, I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course you laughed. Just cause, yeah, no, 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 no. Don't get me. Don't get me wrong. Don't get, okay, let me let me reiterate here. Okay. 
It's not that it wasn't funny, but it's a stupid angle. You know, there's a difference. The way the outsiders react is amazing. <laughs> yes, it is. No, I'm not. That, I'm not. I'm not. They, they, knew, they knew something was gonna happen. They knew it was gonna be like that. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't think the car was like gonna flip. <laughs> oh, oh no! Uh oh! <laughs> Scott Hall's like, "Good thing I'm loaded." <laughs> this thing is so funny. That's why it's one of my favorite angles ever. But go ahead. Oh. So the public enemy win. Ugh. The fucking oh. public enemy beat Harlem Heat in the faces of fear. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Nah, I nah, repeat, nah, nah. <laughs> goddamn public enemy. Yeah, you know to get down. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. All right, so then nah, we go. Nah. To... Like Jamie Dundee, we said, "Where them motherfuckers at now? They both dead." <laughs> so now we have <laughs> Jeff Jarrett versus Steve McMichael. Ah. Uh. And if Jeff Jarrett wins, he becomes a horseman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we, got, we, got a ho- we got a horseman qualifying match here tonight. Then Jeff Jarrett comes out to, like, the second worst music in wrestling history. <laughs> it's like a hoedown. <laughs> it's so funny. It's terrible. And, <laughs> like, they'll be talking about this serious angle. Like, Jeff Jarrett... No, hold on, hold on. Jeff Jarrett bloodied up. He didn't, but I'm just saying this is how it would go in WCW. Jeff Jarrett bloodied up Steve McMichael. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Like that and Bret Hart's music. (laughs) Yeah. Bret Bret Hart and Jeff Jarrett. Oh, god damn. So I'm sure this match wasn't great. No. No. And no. Fucking better yet, it's not too long after this that fucking Jeff Jarrett's no longer in WCW. <clears throat> because fucking Deborah fucking throws the briefcase in and fucking Jeff Jarrett hits Steve McMichael. So now fucking Jeff Jarrett and Deborah together. Fucking Bobby Heenan has a line on the night. He's like, hmm, I smell a divorce. <laughs> yes yes for a while there he was double d jeff jarrett yeah so moving on now here's my question to you guys do you know what a san francisco san san francisco san francisco death match is well it could be a sexual position yeah but like a cleveland steamer It's a Pat Patterson sexual position. <sighs> you know what? You know what, Kyle? Kyle? The, the rusted trombone. Now. Kyle. Yeah. The question you just asked us. Yeah. Pat Patterson once asked Brickhouse Brown in a Marriott hotel. <laughs> Do you know what a San Francisco death match is? Well, fucking Miss Jackie's in this match. I'm sure she's having sex with a Mr. Man in the uh, streets. So, apparently, it's just a fucking false count anywhere. Who's in it? 
fucking Crispin Wall with Woman versus Taskmaster with Miss Jackie mm. and fucking Jimmy Hart. I bet this is amazing. I know this match. Yes, it is amazing. This is fantastic. But goddamn, is this that was the thing- first? Of the, is this the first or the second one where they go to the bathroom? I think this is the second one. Kevin Sullivan, it was always in the bathroom. <laughs> He just wasn't always shitting. Sometimes he was just throwing <laughs> stuff off the back of the I was going to say, just standing there. <laughs> well, okay, so... Like, he's just standing in the back. Like, if I walked in and Kevin Sullivan was just standing in the bathroom, I'd be like, do I have to solve three riddles so I can shit? <laughs> well, see, this is my problem with WCW. Is Brutus Beefcake in here? Is Brutus Beefcake in here? like a French troll or a troll <laughs> They fucking keep naming shit stupid, like, San Francisco Deathmatch. Like, the fuck? They had the Chicago Street Fight. It's like, no, it's a fucking street fight. You don't, like, there's no different rules. Well, and that's the worst, what, fucking, the worst offender is the Yappapai Indian Strap Match. Well, that's one, that's one of the things that it, it was, um, that's one of the things that didn't translate well from territory wrestling to national wrestling. You know? Yeah. Because when it was just the Texas Territory, and you were in Dallas, and it was only going to be shown in Dallas to people in Dallas, Texas Deathmatch makes sense. But when you're in Poughkeepsie, New York, a Texas Deathmatch doesn't make sense. And then especially when you... uh, or in San Francisco, and you just make up that there's a San Francisco death match on a pay-per-view, a national pay-per-view. Yes, you're right. They should have just said a death match between. Yeah, because it makes it sound like, oh, this is going to have different rules than a traditional death match. If it's a San Francisco and- death match, there's, there should be drag queens involved. And then I'm fucking, and then I'm really fucking curious because, you know, looking back in hindsight, the fact that Benoit and women are in a fucking death match. Well, hindsight is 2020. Yeah. And maybe they thought Jackie was a drag queen. (laughs) Well. So basically, long story short is women, women and fucking Miss Jackie get into a fight, fucking... Taskmaster and Benoit are in the back. Basically, the way it ends is everybody's <clears throat> fucking knocked out, and they're all carried out on stretchers. Mm-hmm. Tony calls it the commode. <laughs> A couple times, he's like, they're, they're fighting in the commode. <laughs> and while, and listening, listening to Tony Schiavone then, <clears throat> you know, I thought he was just like a, an idiot, you know? <laughs> Listening to his podcast now, Nate, you know how like we were talking about Dusty, mm-hmm. or Dusty seemed aloof or whatever, right? But as you get older, you realize Dusty knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, and he he was being funny. Fucking Tony Schiavone knew he was being funny. Like when he'd say stuff like "They're in the commode," he knew that was funny <laughs> because you know. <laughs> You know, he said the other day, and I never thought about it. Mm. He was like, "Conrad, we were on, we were on pay per view, so why couldn't I just say, oh, 
He just hit him in the fucking head. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, why would they have done about it? We're on pay-per-view. He's <laughs> like, we should have just been able to be like, Jesus fucking Christ. He just hit him in the nuts. <laughs> <clears throat> but earlier when I said that they should have spread some shit out, this is what I was talking about. Fucking public enemy and goddamn <clears throat> Jeff Jarrett. Well, yeah, that's bad, but I like this street fight. No, I, I did too, but my point is that, like, it's fucking all, like, cruiserweight action. Can I say, and then... Can I say something really quick? Yeah. This will be really quick, and I just, it's just a statement. If anybody elaborates on it, that's fine. If not, it doesn't matter. But like I told you guys, when I watch old wrestling, I watch it chronologically, okay? Mm-hmm. And right now, I am in the year 1995, I'm in, I think, uh, well, I just got done with King of the Ring 95. So I'm in, like, middle of 95, okay? And what I want to say, because we did, we, we absolutely, and rightfully so, we absolutely dissed the public enemy on this show. But I dare you, I dare you, as me watching 1995 ECW to find me an act in ECW, just ECW, that was ever more over than those fucking guys. In ECW, who was more over? Yes. In that company, there was never an act that was more over than Public Enemy. I don't know. BWO was pretty over. Oh, no. Go back and watch Public Enemy for like... They were for a short period of time. I'd say probably... Go back and watch. I mean, I, I would say maybe RVD and Sabu are up there. No, I think it's Sandman. No, I disagree. I disagree, and, and, and you can. And I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong, but just from my perspective, watching this shit through '95, Public Enemy is so much more over than Sandman. Public Enemy with that crowd at that time in that year. Was, oh, were you just saying that year? I thought you meant like overall. No, they were over as fuck. Like well, for a year, it, it sure didn't fucking transfer over to. No, it WCW. didn't. No, it didn't. And it, it's 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 just one of those. It's think okay, it, and it sounds like a silly. It sounds like a. It sounds like a silly comparison because of the the level of star they were and the level of talent they had. But you're right, Kyle. I mean, you take. You take Public Enemy out of ECW, and it's a completely different thing. And it's 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 just garbage. It is it is literally to me like Bret Hart being taken out of the WWF and put into WCW. Like, yeah, Paul Heyman knew what to do with Public Enemy, and his crowd fucking loved Public Enemy. I'm not even saying they were good. I'm not contesting. I don't like Public Enemy. Quite frankly, they annoy the fuck out of me. All I'm saying is, for the ECW audience, those guys were over as fuck. Yeah, well, their promos were annoying. Yes. Oh, no, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I am not a fan. I'm not a fan at all, but I'm just putting them in that perspective, in that time frame, in that promotion. That audience loved those guys. They never should have left ECW is what I'm saying. 
No, because they go to WCW where people are like, eh, all right, yeah. And then they go to nah, w- nah, then nah, they nah. go to WWF where Brad Shaw and Farouk beat the fuck out of him for fuck a couple of, of weeks. Yeah. And then they try to go back to ECW and they're like, hey, aren't you the guys that got the fuck beat out of you? <laughs> right, now they look like a couple of bitches. Yeah, they never should have left ECW. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Kyle. Well, no, you look like fine. a couple of bitches, you look like a couple of blimps. <laughs> How much you two put on. <laughs> So next we go to what is supposed to be Lex Luger and the Giant versus the Outsiders. But Lex Luger hasn't been cleared for competition. So long story short. Passed a pit. He failed a piss test. Pretty much. Well, All right, no, so Lex Luger and the Giant up. in a tag uh, match. Yep. What? So basically it's that... Long story short... Um, Luger isn't cleared to compete, mm-hmm. so um, he's not in the match technically, but he ends up coming down about about three-fourths of the match in. He comes down to help Giant, <clears throat> puts them in the torture rack, they win. Then the next night on Raw, Eric Bischoff says, hey, you weren't cleared to compete, so... Right. It's I'm invalid. The titles. And they fought the outsiders, right? Yep. Yeah. So 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 ladies and gentlemen, there is your fucking tag team championship. I mean it's fucking <laughs> sad. Actually you got it right there. Tag team champion shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well I didn't I didn't like when WCW would do that garbage with like uh just like random dudes winning the tag I don't even want to say random dudes, but I could be like, oh, you know, you got a guy from WCW and a guy from the NWO as the tag team champions. And it's like, eh, this doesn't work for me. And then they they both find a partner and they're going to tag up to be the champs. I don't know. Oh, they were fucking fans of doing that in 98. Yeah, they were. (laughs) This fucking thing and Giant were fucking champions together. Yeah. Yeah, it had some hot garbage. So... Now we move on to our fucking main event of the evening. Ah. It's Hollywood Hogan versus Roddy Piper. Brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy, is this some fucking... This some bullshit. You know what sucks is... They're two of the best of all time. But with that, with that WCW booking, sometimes it just did not work. It didn't work. What... Okay, answer me this question. Back mm-hmm. in the fucking the heyday, when it was the war to set in the score, and even WrestleMania, how long did they go normally? Yeah, 10, 15 minutes. Because that's about what they, well, they go 11 minutes in this one. And there's so much goddamn chicanery in this fucking match. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, you ready to get into it? Yes, bells and whistles, smokes and smoke and mirrors. So, you're only smoking mirrors. So the fun part about this is okay. So of course, Piper's all dirty and shit. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the fuck he did in fucking Alcatraz that his goddamn shirt's all ripped up and dirty. But oh my, he was the only one there. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, all right, man, it's a fucking tourist spot, but apparently you've found a way to fucking fuck your shit up. 
<laughs> so, of course, Hogan is playing the I'm not going to face him, fuck that, walking away. Piper fucking runs out and tacks him the uh, aisle way, and we're off. Off and running. <laughs> yep. So, again, this is only about 11 minutes, okay? So, hmm. so out comes Sting and Macho Man. Because they had formed a fucking partnership, right? Yes. Fucking Macho Man says something to Sting, and Sting just fucking is like, whatever, peace, I'm out, and leaves. Okay? So Macho Man is down watching the match. You know, originally thinking, oh, he's there, Piper. No. No, it's a swerve, bro. So the match ends because Hogan can't uh, drops his hands three times. Piper has him in the fucking uh, sleeper. Yeah, thank you. Hogan is supposed to be in the ropes, but he's not. He's almost like fucking three fourths of the way in the ring, and he's nowhere near the ropes. So the off of the bell. And it says, oh, Piper's won. And you see fucking Savage. I don't know if he missed it or if it was supposed to be a subtle thing. But he just fucking subtly pulls fucking Hogan's leg towards the rope. <laughs> As they're announcing Piper the winner, the referee can see it. And then all the commentators can say is, oh, Piper or Savage just pulled Hogan's leg into the rope. So they have to restart the match because Hogan's leg was in the rope, but it wasn't. Mm. And Hogan wins, and they proceed to beat the shit out of Piper, and Savage joins the NWO. Can I say, and you guys can elaborate, agree, disagree, what have you, the Hogan-Piper feud... In WCW, I guess not even so much the feud, the matches and the finishes in WCW between Hogan and Piper are the greatest example of politics in wrestling ever. Yeah, I could say, yeah. Nobody loses, but nobody wins. Like, they have these... (sighs) The the best the the only person that probably had more convoluted finishes to their matches than these two was Dusty. Yeah, like well, Dust, and look and look who's du- fucking look who's booking. Is it Sullivan or Dusty? I think it's Sullivan at this point, but he's a Dusty yeah. guy. Well, and du- I'm sure Dusty has his fucking say and has input in it. Well, and Hogan's going, I got creative control. Piper's going, I'm not going to job to anybody ever in my fucking life except Bret Hart. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, how many people in Aaron? Yeah. How many people, did Piper ever get pinned by anybody but fucking Bret Hart after like 85? Oh, there might have been a... A couple times in like '99, but I didn't give a shit. I don't think point. it even happened then. Like I, I really think that from 1985 until he retired, I think in '99 he might have lost to Flair a couple times. They lose it, maybe Henning. 
I don't know, but I just know that that when he no lost yob. Brett, when he lost when he lost Brett when he got pinned by Brett that was the first one in like a long long time because probably, he would just lose by disqualification. Yeah, I was gonna say he probably didn't get pinned. Brett's probably the only guy that pinned him after Mid Atlantic. All right, I've got a list here. You're saying after what nineteen? I'm gonna say eighty four. Okay. Uh, Mr. Perfect on Wrestling Challenge in 1990. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair at MSG in 1991. Okay. Which that was, Brett, on, was probably not on TV. Bret Hart at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollywood Hogan at Super Brawl. Because he did pin him. And Judgment Day 2003, which I don't remember that. Who does? (laughs) Scott Hall at Super Brawl. Hmm. I don't even remember that. There's a lot of WCW I don't remember. I I guess I'm a WWF guy. I'm a WWF historian. Like, you bring up WWF stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I remember that. But anyway, so there it is. Super Brawl, 97. Oh, Buff Bagwell pinned him during a boxing match. How do you pin somebody during a boxing match? It was ni- it was nineteen ninety nine. That way he WCW. could say that way he could say it doesn't count. It's a boxing match. Like how do you even hook the legs? You don't have like the leg. You don't have any fingers. <laughs> pin them with that nub. So, out of five yeps, out of five Jeff Farmer yeps, how many yeps does this pay per view get, Kyle? <laughs> Out of five? Uh, yeah. Stars, Jeff. I like to rank my shit with Jeff Farmer, yeps, but stars, whatever. I'd say a three. Three? Yeah. Strong beginning. I wonder if Kerry Von Eric ever pinned anybody with his nub. <laughs> it's like the fight. Who was it that wanted to have the, the wrestling back that could never be pinned? Jim Hurd. The ding dongs, or no, the hunchbacks. The hunchbacks turned. The hunchbacks turned the ding dongs. Either way, either way, either way, Jim Hurd was a hunchback ding dong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there it is. There it is, folks. Uh, Super Brawl '97. What he really said, Kevin Sullivan said he really said this. (laughs) He was like, "How?" Because he was like, they can like win the belts or whatever, and they mm-hmm. can never be pinned because he can't pin the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And Sullivan was like, how do you get the belts off of him? And Sullivan thinks that oh, dig dig a hole, you could dig a hole in the ground <laughs> and pin outside the ring. Is Jim oh, Hurd dead? Put the hunch in the hole and pin him. Is Jim Hurd dead? No, he should be. We lose Dusty Rhodes, Piper. Yeah, but Jim Hurd's still kicking. Fuck that cocksucker. Pizza Hut motherfucker. (laughs) Stuff his crust. Anyway. Fucking Pizza the Hut. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. So we'll take a... Pizza the Hut ate himself to death. We'll take a really really quick break, and we'll come back, (laughs) and Aaron is going to present us with WCW Halloween Havoc... 
Were you going to be the main event or was I going to be the main event? I'll just go next. It's All okay. Right. Halloween Havoc 1989 is coming up next on this apparently WCW pay-per-view edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We'll be right back. wrestling fans welcome back to the we can't wrestle podcast and uh just a reminder go ahead and like or share or whatever you want to do with it well don't disparage it but like or share our facebook page that gets some exposure to the podcast and gets some listeners and also check out www.motleysoup.com which is home of both the motley soup podcast and the we can't wrestle podcast check those out and uh Thank you very much for your support, Aaron. Pay-per-view Nate, reviews. Don't, don't you have a YouTube page now? Yeah, the Motley Soup has a YouTube page. We're also going to have a We Can't Wrestle YouTube page. And we are going to start doing some um, bonus episodes, I guess you'd say, of the Soup and the uh, We Can't Wrestle podcast. I've made the decision that I'm going to post that on both the pages, both the feeds of these podcasts. And uh, where the three of us are going to talk about things that are not pro wrestling. We'll talk about politics. We'll talk about entertainment. We'll talk about television, movies, comedy, whatever. Uh, we will start doing that here soon, too. So keep stay tuned for more information on that coming soon. Now, moving on with this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, the pay-per-view edition. Apparently an all-WCW pay-per-view edition. Aaron... You had the pleasure of reviewing Halloween Havoc 1989. Yes, I did. And um, this is WCW, WCW Halloween Havoc 1989 from the Philadelphia Civic Center in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Is where else would it be? Um, they actually drew 73,000 people. 73,000 people? Not 73,000 people. <laughs> God damn! 703,000 people. <laughs> okay. So, I apologize. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. I'm not even drunk. That's I just great. spoke wrong. That was great. It was like McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Or Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Um, or Phil Zacco. <laughs> <laughs> the show begins with a um, really god awful cheesy <laughs> graveyard graphic, and it's got like like cartoon tombstones, and they say Muda Funk Sting Flair, and there's spirits or whatever come out of the come out of the grave. You know what the worst one of those ever was? The one where Tony Schiavone played a pedophile. No, that's the best one. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember what year that was. That was Jesus. That was like nineteen ninety-two. Ninety. It was either ninety-two or ninety-three, because Jesse Ventura was with Tony Schiavone, because he said he, Jesse Ventura was dressed like a proctologist. <laughs> and when he makes like the, he makes a proctologist joke, and that Halloween havoc, 
and they're like doing the stand up at the beginning of it, you know, like mm-hmm. it used to be cool when the commentators wouldn't be at the table, right? They'd be standing by ringside, and he makes like the proctologist proctologist joke, and there's this big lady behind him that thinks it's funny as hell. <laughs> That's her ass off. It's great. (laughs) But anyway, the reason these guys are being shown is because the main event of this show is uh, Terry Funk and the Great Muda teaming up to take on Ric Flair and Sting in an electrified thunder cage. Woo! Yeah. And the hosts of this show are Jim Ross and Bob Cottle. And the interviewers are Gordon Soley and Chris Cruz. He's making his WCW debut. And I have a question. Do you guys remember the movie What About Bob? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a couple times where if this movie was about Bob Cottle, it would have to be called What the Fuck, Bob. (laughs) And I'll point some of those out. I think at this point in his career, Bob Cottle was like probably suffering from amnesia. I don't know. Like, what do you think about that move, Bob? Purple. If that that movie was Richard Dreyfuss and Bob Cottle, (laughs) it would have been called What the Fuck, Bob. Well, I didn't have high hopes going into this show because the opening match is uh, Tom Zink versus Mike Rotunda. Oof. Who nowadays would just be Mike Rotund. (laughs) You see him lately. And... Um, when they inter- when they introduce Mike Rotunda, they boo him. Okay, so I'm like, all right, they really don't like Mike Rotunda, so maybe he's doing a good job right. as a heel. And then they interview introduce the Z Man, and they boo him too. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! Did you say so, this? Did you say? Did, did uh, you say this was in Philly? Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, Philadelphia's already pissed. Philly, Philly's a rough wrestling crowd anyway, and it was especially yeah. getting rough in the late 80s and early 90s. So <laughs> when this thing starts, I'm like, oh my god, it's going to be a horrible night. <laughs> and these guys have a match that is boring as fuck. The fans <laughs> don't give a shit. And um, they start... Like, Microton is trying to, like, stall for heat, and you can tell he realizes it's the wrong kind of heat. <laughs> so he starts picking it up a little bit, and they go into the finish, and Z-Man rolls through a high cross body from Microtunda, and he gets the one, two, three, and the match is over. And Jim Ross says, the Z-Man, who got that nickname from the ladies. <laughs> Like, why the ladies would be like, he's the Z, man. I don't know. He just whips it out. He just unzips the Z and whips it out. What yeah. <laughs> and, and like I said, when I when I know you like to do yep, yeps, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I rate things off of the last thing I ate. <laughs> so this match was one chicken tender. <laughs> so that match is over, thank God. Thank God. It was just, it, like, right, Mike Rotunda has a perm. <laughs> but he's in that singlet. Yeah, he's yeah. in singlet, but he's got a perm. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? It was just horrible. And then Jim Ross is like, let's go to the debuting Chris Cruz, who I never realized it before. 
He looks like the boss from Hey Dude. <laughs> Remember Hey Dude? Mr. Ernst? Yeah, he looks like Mr. Ernst. <laughs> well, anyway, he's interviewing Bruno San Martino because to add to this electrified thunder cage with uh, Great Mood and Terry Funk versus Sting and Ric Flair, Bruno San Martino is the referee. <laughs> Jesus. So this pay-per-view is get it. This pay-per-view is starting like, hey, I think I might like this. You know, mm-hmm. there's some good shit going on. Mr. Ernst is interviewing Bruno San Martino. Denial <laughs> Bob Cottle's out there. This, this is going to be good. And this is when I got super excited because guess what the next match is? What is it? It is the Samoan SWAT team, okay, with the Samoan Savage, who is uh, the Tonga Kid. So it's Spot 2, Samu, and King, and the Tonga Kid versus, and I put this in parentheses, the Midnight Express and Dr. Death Steve Williams. Fucking awesome team. <laughs> and the um, the SST has Paul Heyman in their corner? Not in this. Oh, is it uh, Humperdinck? It, 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 it's Sir Oliver Humperdinck, who I also have on here. I don't know if you guys remember this show on Adult Swim. He looks like that squid billy <laughs> wore the trucker hat. Yeah. That that's what he looks like. Woo. And <laughs> so um Sir Oliver Hump well Squid Billy and the Samoan SWAT team <laughs> they come out and, and they do a fire dance, which is actually pretty badass. Fire dance is pretty fucking cool. And then the Midnight Express come out. And Jim Cornette says the doctor is the most dangerous wrestler in the world. And that sweet Stan and beautiful Bobby, they wrap more homes than Hurricane Hugo. That's a great line. And the Midnight Express, they're wearing these tights that remind me of, like, you know, because we saw them in the 80s, like, you know, like the early to late 80s, too, because they hadn't quite replaced them yet. But remember them, like, old-ass vending machines you would see that would just have, like, brown, green, and orange, and, like, like look like a rainbow, and it just said snacks? Yes. Yeah, well, that's what their tights look like. <laughs> like, it doesn't tell you what's in it, or you can't see it. It just says snacks. <laughs> You guys do know what I'm like. I'm not five, it's person. five yeah. old bags of Chex Mix and a bottle of Shasta Orange. Yeah, and the thing just says snacks. <laughs> well, anyway, this match starts, and it starts amazing because the Samoan SWAT team will not settle the fuck down, and and like like. Tommy Young cannot tend to concentrate on the match. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is the most realistic <laughs> I've seen anybody do anything with like the Samoans, like the Samoan savage type character ever. Because like, you know, usually like the They're just unhinged. Are... Huh? They're unhinged. Yeah, like 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 in WWF, like the Islanders, like the bell would ring and, and Haku would go and stand on the corner and he'd wait for the tag and everything. 
not fought too Samu and and Tonga Kid, man. They were like, we're just gonna go nuts. And it took forever to get like Tommy Young to settle them down. He had Doctor Death out there, and he was all fired up. Like it took these guys a good three minutes to even get this match going. And it finally starts happening, and um, it's going on. And Bob and Jim Ross is talking about how good the Midnight Express is doing. And Bob Cottle's like, they're the tag team, man. They're the tag team. And this is where you get a what what the fuck Bob moment because he goes. I love me some sweet Bobby and beautiful Stan. Anybody realize what I just said? Sweet Bobby and beautiful Stan. Fuck that up. So it's going on. It's kind of like just a midnight. It would be what you would expect from like a midnight express tag team match. A little bumping going on and doing a thing, and then Dan takes it, tags in uh, Doctor Death, and Doctor Death just comes in. And he just fucks him up some Samoans, and um, he's throwing those guys around. It's going really good, and then uh, they're tagging in Stan Lane, and then Stan Lane selling for some more these guys, you know, and then. Then it turns into a brawl again. They all wind up in the ring, and then they wind up outside. And then Bobby Eaton takes an amazing flying mare hip toss to the concrete. Like they're out, they like brawl into the aisle, and yeah. two just just Nate, you still there? Yeah. Okay. Um, Fatu doesn't like you know, and I know Bobby was in on it, but I don't think Bobby understood where he was at like i knew that i think he knew the spot they were gonna do it but i don't think bobby completely got over the way he wanted to because bobby when he goes over it's just like a like like an audible just smack <laughs> like that got and like the rest of the match every time he hits the ropes you can audibly hear him wince like i think he fucked i think he fucked himself up he got straight up fucked up <laughs> yeah and it was great and um, so Bobby's selling a little bit more and ends up tagging it. Like, basically, in this match, Bobby Eaton was just doing everything that he ever saw Ricky Morton do. You know what I mean? Well, Bobby Eaton's he, one of the greatest ever. Yeah. Like, but, but that's what he's doing in this match. He's playing the part of Ricky Morton that Ricky Morton would play in their matches. You know what I mean? Right. So, um,. Eaton eventually ends up getting the hot tag to Steve, Dr. Death, Williams. And this is a series of events that I thought was seriously going to be the end of this match. Dr. Death tags in. He hits a clothesline on the tag of Kid. Then he press slams Fatu. Then he body slams Samu. And then he press slams King Tonga above his head and throws him into Samu and Fatu. And then as Tonga Kid pops up, he hits the Oklahoma Stampede on him. That should be the end of the match. And that happened, like, in the matter of, like, 15 seconds. <laughs> you know, it's just like, bing, bang, boom, boom, boom. It's fucking amazing. And that should have been the finish, but it's not. Some chicanery happens with Cornette and Squigbilly. <laughs> and Cornette hits Squigbilly with his, with his racket on the... Uh, because... 
like the thing that the the thing that threw me off from the match was Steve Williams hit all that and then he tagged in Stan Lane. Like I, that didn't make sense to me. <laughs> but anyway, then when the Cornette Squidbilly stuff happens, the Samoan um, SWAT team Samu comes up from behind because Lane's watching Humperdinck and Cornette. Why wouldn't you? And Samu gets him from behind with like a Mill Mascaris type forearm. Yeah, I just say something real quick for the record. What? <laughs> ever since you started, <laughs> ever since you started the narrative of Humperdinck as a squid belly <laughs> through this whole match, I just picture him with a mega hat. Does he not look like that squid, Billy? He does, but I put a MAGA hat on him, and it's even better. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just okay. I interrupt you guys all the time. <laughs> but Samu hits like this move, like like you know what the Mill Mascaris thing I'm talking about? Yeah, where he hits him like with two of his hands or whatever. It's like. The only move that he does where he loses, where, where he leaves his feet or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, he hits Stan Lane in the back of the head with one of those, and then he pins him one, two, three, and that's how the match ends. It's very anticlimactic. Yeah, but but see, people were into it because they were still going off of the what the fuck did Steve Williams just do? <laughs> now the heel managers are fighting each other, so it, it. I might not be doing it justice, but to visually see it. This fucking match was perpetual action, and it was all believable, and it mm-hmm. was all really, really good, and I gave it three chicken tenders. <laughs> all right. Wow, three chicken tenders. Yes. So now we got Gordon Soley, who he doesn't know why he's still here. <laughs> oh. He's just waiting to smoke a joint with Where's the, the dust, where's the dusty finish? Where's my palm holes? <laughs> the dusty finish is what he gave one of the rats in the hotel. After he smoked a palm hole. Anyway, mm. this pops up on the screen, and it's amazing. It's Gordon Soley interviewing Gary Young. Not Gary Young, sorry. Gary Hart and I was Terry like, Funk. I was like, damn, Gary Young? Not Gary Young. He, he, that dude never got out of Texas. It's Gary Hart and Terry Funk. They're the ones getting interviewed. Gary Hart, the probably the second blackest white man ever in wrestling history next to Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Like, Gary Hart would be like, let me say something about my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Kabuki. <laughs> My kabuki. He, always, he always had a blade on. Kabuki got like, some soul. Good. Kabuki is Asian, but he got some soul. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. And then, like, Terry Funk was just talking about this electrified. I, I keep bringing up that the Thunder Cage is electrified for a reason. But anyway. I have had. I'm sorry. And we'll, we'll get back to what you're saying. And I know we, we have a show to record here. But this is something that I have been thinking about and observing for almost a year. And this is the kind of old school wrestling fan I am, folks. I have always said 
that my my two favorite promos in wrestling ever or three three favorite promos in wrestling ever for for varied reasons my favorite promo is Dusty Rhodes my second favorite promo is probably Dwayne Johnson just because of again varied reasons and then of course Flair slash Hogan for different reasons but I'm I I have I have there there have been times lately where I've gone back and forth between Dusty and shoot up the shoot up the fucking spectrum Terry Funk Oh, Terry Funk's like, and and Dusty, Dusty is Dusty, and Dusty is still my favorite promo. But there's times where Terry Funk almost edges in there. In that, here's what I'll say: Dusty Rhodes was the best promo, larger than life, talk you into an arena promo. Terry Funk is hands down the most realistic promo in wrestling history because Terry Funk just talks. Yeah. Like, Terry Funk's just like, well, you know, I was over there. and I mean, he'll just take his face from the mic. He doesn't give a fuck. And, and he gets fired up when he needs to be fired up. And, and almost he's almost right there. Him and Lawler, too. I mean, Lawler, if you watch old Lawler stuff from Memphis. Just it's not it's not theatrical like Flair and Rhodes and Hogan. It's just a guy talking to you. Yeah. So Terry anyway, Funk's mine and that was there, a, there's that was a sidetrack, but it's okay. Terry Funk is he waffles in between one and two for me because it's like him and Piper. Mm-hmm. Just Piper was insane. You know? But they they have a nice little paper. They have a, they have a cool little interview, and I like Gary Hart and Terry Funk together. Yeah, and so we go from seeing uh, Gary Hart, Terry Funk, and uh, Gordon Sully together, which is a a who's who of the wrestling business, and we go into our next match, which is uh, the Cuban Assassin versus Tommy Rich. You can skip it if you want. <laughs> So I say this is a why the fuck not what whatever. Like why <laughs> this, is this match happening? <laughs> this is just the dipping sauce for the chicken finger. <laughs> no, it is not. It's not even the chicken. No. And this is ordering. What, this is ordering the chicken finger. This is this is another what the fuck Bob Richard Dreyfus moment. This he is said, the waiting waiting for the chicken fingers to arrive. <laughs> there you go. He says. Bob Cottle says, Tommy Rich told me that he's come back to be the world champion again. And Jim, I really think he can do it. <laughs> you should retire, Bob. <laughs> and as they're, as they're trying to say that this is like this comeback story. For this Tommy is Rich, Jim Ross's first. Oh my God. <laughs> Jim doesn't really acknowledge that he said it, but he's not rude about it. But Philadelphia is because <laughs> Right when the bell rings, like they're, they're quiet before the bell rings for everything. Mm-hmm. 
And then right when it's like ding, 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 the entire time they're like, Tommy Rich sucks. Tommy <laughs> Rich sucks. And, and what made me laugh about it was they said his entire name. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't like Tommy yeah. sucks. Yeah. Or, or, or Rich, Rich sucks. sucks. Rich sucks. sucks. They were Tommy Rich sucks. <laughs> and then Tommy Rich wins with the Luthez Press. And I gave this match no chicken tenders. <laughs> <clears throat> Next up, Gordon Sully interviews the NWA World Tag Team Champions, Gorgeous Jimmy and Michael PSAs, the Fabulous Freebirds, and Jimmy Garvin misspeaks. Uh, he starts his promo out with what he does in every promo, and it's Baby. always amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That guy starts every promo with, yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to be better when he wore the big white mittens and the Mickey Mouse gloves <laughs> and made his hands look ten times bigger. But anyway, he ends up saying that we're the best tag team today. Wait, he forgot to say in the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he just said, but he caught what he said. And he's like, we're the best tag team today. And we'll still be the best tag team tomorrow, baby. <laughs> he caught himself, but it made it just sound like just out of this situation. You know, Thanks. right here in this building right now. Thanks, Jimmy. For the best tag team. But anyway, they didn't say who they were fighting, so I didn't know. It turns out they're, because the people are about themselves, I don't even, I don't even, and the whole thing, I don't even remember mention there. But they're fighting the dynamic dudes Ugh. who are managed by um, Jim Cornette. And there's a lot of hair action going on in this match. <laughs> um, it made me remember that at one time Shane Douglas was actually really good. People can't deny that. From although, about... although Jim Cornette... <laughs> I always thought Jim Cornette with the dynamic dudes is really stupid. <laughs> oh, the gimmick was stupid. Like, I actually prefer Jim Cornette with Mantar over Jim Cornette with the dynamic dudes. <laughs> and and the, the, the narrative of it is they were trying to get... Jim Cornette was managing both the dynamic dudes and the Midnight Express as they were faces. Right. And then it was going to come down... And, Cornette turned on the dynamic dudes and Jim Hurd or whoever thought, oh, now people are going to be into the dynamic dudes. And when Jim Cornette finally hit um, Shane Douglas with the tennis racket, it was like the loudest pop <laughs> that had happened. And like, they had like Road Warrior pop. Go figure. From it. Go figure. They're yeah. like, oh, no. But at one time, Shane Douglas was really good. From about 89 to probably... I'd say when he went back to W went back to ECW as as and started doing a total just Rick Flair Shane, rah, rah, rah stuff. Shane Douglas is um I'm gonna get off track again for a second. Shane Douglas is an anomaly an an, an anomaly. Shane Douglas is an anomaly in that at one point in his career, he was a promising, fantastic, 
young, up-and-coming professional wrestler. And then he stopped being that. He started getting chubby, and he started doing a lot of the same shit in the ring over and over and over again. And it seemed like he didn't care in the ring, but he came for probably, I mean, I would say from like 96 until early 98, he did become one of the best promos in the business. Yeah. Like after, after Dean Douglas, when he went back to ECW, like his, his early ECW stuff where he was just kind of, just kind of bitter against whatever. I mean, yeah, I know it was revolutionary everything, but it really didn't catch my attention. But as he formed his talent in his brain or whatever, when he went back to ECW after Dean Douglas and became the franchise with the ponytail and the tassels and all that stuff, like he became one of the best promos in the business, but he was, he was like a garbage, like he was a shitty wrestler. Like it's like he lost his talent for bell to bell, but he gained this charisma that, yeah. Anyway, that's just like I, mean, I said the last time we were on here. I said if you would have taken, um, like nineteen ninety three Shane Douglas in the ring and put like nineteen ninety seven Shane Douglas personality in him, that guy could have. Yeah, he could have. He could have had a killer fucking career. Yeah. But by the so time he, by the time he got to WCW during the Fran or during the Russo era, he was so gone into his psychosis or whatever you know like he was still oh. it just it would have never worked anyway and he, then he got uh johnny ace who was decent johnny ace wasn't a horrible wrestler he wasn't horrible but he wasn't good that's why i said he was decent <laughs> all right that's the definition of decent <laughs> jimmy garvin Jimmy Garvin, I know, Nate, you don't like him, but I've always been a Jimmy Garvin fan. I don't dislike Jimmy Garvin. He was always good. And then you had Michael Hayes, who was there. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I would classify him in the same thing that we just said about Diamond Dallas Page. Hayes? Yeah. Is he has a great mind for the business. I think he knows what other people should do. And I think if you just have him in a managerial role or whatever, Michael Hayes, you could classify him as one of the greatest people walking on the planet. But when you put Michael Hayes in the ring, tell me the la- tell me the one this was a great match cuz Michael Hayes was in it match. <clears throat> all I, all I could point to to be perfectly honest with you is um <clears throat> Dallas in like 86. And it wasn't because Michael Hayes was in it. No, 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 no. I disagree with that. I think that because I'm talking, I'm talking the match itself. It was because Buddy Rogers or Buddy Rogers, Buddy Roberts and Terry Gordy were in there, and Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes would talk to people in the building, and then Terry Gordy and Buddy would go out there and they'd work their ass off. You're right. Do everything they needed to do. You're right. The Freebirds were. You're right. The, Either the, one of them the, could cut a promo. The Freebirds were three men, equaling Ric Flair. Yeah. No, you're right. I agree. Oh, I know I'm right. 
That's why I said it. (laughs) (laughs) And Philly was obviously bird crazy. They didn't want anything to do with the dynamic dudes. And this match was decent. It was okay. Um, Garvin sneaked in a pin on Johnny on Johnny Ace and retained the titles. And I'd give these guys two chicken tenders. <laughs> and then up next, um, Chris entered the Steiner Brothers, and they're getting ready. They just um, a woman just turned on Rick Steiner, and turned out that Robin was actually just trying to trying to swindle Rick out of his money and everything like that, and she's become woman. So this is her big elaborate pay-per-view debut as woman with her new tag team, Doom, that we haven't seen yet. And Rick Steiner says something that uh, I, don't, I don't know if it came out wrong or if he actually meant to say what he wanted to say, but Chris Cruz was saying, hey, woman's going to be out there. And he says that their name's appropriate Doom because they are doomed tonight. And if I get a chance, I'm going to get woman down and I'm going to give it to her. That's what he said. You guys still there? Oofa. Nay, you still there? Probably lost me again. Probably. Mm. I don't know if he. Hold on. Hello? Hey. Hello? Where'd you go? I'm here. Hey? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. You weren't showing up on my thing. Okay. I didn't know if we were recording. Did you hear how I said Rick Steiner said? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't hearing anything, so you can edit out that. Okay. It's, it just sounded, for my end, it sounded like you guys weren't there. So basically, Rick Steiner said that he was going to, if I get a chance, I'm going to woman down and I'm going to give it to her. Well, so I read that as he's going to well, rape woman. No. He's, he's, he's slow. He's not all there. That, does that excuse his deplorable behavior? Yeah. It kind of does. Ooh. <laughs> not that is not acceptable. He, listen, it, he has to get it somehow. So it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like a dog. You just gotta let it finish with its with its little earmuffs on. <laughs> not acceptable. Not even in the nineteen eighty nine. Anyway. So, it's like it's like National Lapoon's Christmas <laughs> Vacation. It's best if you just let him finish. <laughs> so up next, we're going to get the beginning of, um, in my opinion, is one of the first things I think about when I think about WCW, not NWA, WCW, 
Moon is the Steiner Doom. Brothers versus Doom. Oh. I was, yeah, I, I feel like that. it's a bad thing, Nate. Huh? No, said, I, did. I didn't. I, I didn't. It's a bad thing. I These guys had amazing matches. They did. But do you know what? No, go ahead. Talk about this. That's what I'm doing. Um, so Doom comes out, and they make a big elaborate debut. And I would make it the equivalent of like, they brought out the machines in the WWE, mm-hmm. the WWF. The commentators are pretending like they don't know who they are, but everybody knows this is Ron Simmons, Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. Because, like, it's two, the two big jacked up black guys. Obviously, you know who that is. And they don't have their cool horror music yet. That's still to come. And this match is this match is really good, but it's not like what you'd see in the future because they weren't used to working together yet, you know, and they didn't have the rhythm. This is yeah. the first time on TV or whatever they did it. But it was still really good. And um, Scotty gets a Frankensteiner on Butch Reed, and Butch Reed rolls out, and Steiner goes. Scotty goes after him, and then Woman, he gets up on the apron, and Rick Steiner has his back to the camera, but I can tell what he's doing because he takes his hands in front, like his crotchal area. And motions like he wants a he wants a BJ <laughs> like like his <laughs> like his uh, state paid handler would be like no no Rick yeah no we can't we do don't, that, we Rick. don't do that <laughs> so he makes the gesture of winning a blowjob and obviously Philadelphia is like yeah but ooh, woman ooh, wants ooh, none ooh, of ooh, that ooh. he's like <laughs> so he's like no. And then some other stuff happens, and Rick turns his back for a couple seconds because he's going to help Scotty, and woman puts a disc of some sort in Ron Simmons' mask, and he does the old school assassin deal, and headbutts him with it, and Doom gets the pinfall on the Steiner Brothers, which is a big deal, and I would give this match two and a half chicken tenders. So I hope they appreciate that. That's a good amount of chicken. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then the next match, or not next match, the interview is Lex Luger. And I actually took notes on this interview because I had to go back and watch it because I didn't realize what just happened. <laughs> it's amazing. Gordon Sully is interviewing Lex Luger. And I don't think Gordon Sully wanted anything to do with Lex Luger. Okay? <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. Because right at the beginning of the interview, Lex Luger is United States champion, all right? And this is actually the best time that I think Luger ever had in his career was when he was the U.S. champ in, like, 89, 90, and was, like, a heel. Mm-hmm. This, was the, this was the time I enjoyed him the most. But he says he's Lex Luger and he can't be beat, okay? Right. And then Gordon Sulik goes, how many times have you been the champ? And Luger says, I'll be the champ as long as I want. And then he walked away. Okay? Mm-hmm. How that's how they ended the pro- that's how Luger ended the promo. Mm-hmm. And then Gordon Sully goes, You've been the champ three times. That means you can be beat. <laughs> I was like, Oh, snap. 
Gordon Sully just cast some shade on somebody. Right, that's you know like I mean? that's like DX. He do that. That's like DX burying Chris Masters. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "You've been the champ three times. That means you can be beat." Back to you, Jim Ross. Back I'm to like, you, Jim Damn. Ross. <laughs> he, he cast some shade. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> And Luger is defending up next against Flying Brian Pillman. And it is not a bad match. And I can be completely out of left field on this, but um, when I was watching it, um, everything they were doing with Luger at this time is exactly what I think they should do with Roman Reigns. Okay. Like, he is just this big, muscled-up guy that all these chicks dig because of how he looks. And he comes out there, and he's just this big, cocky, arrogant jock. And he goes, you know what? I'm better-looking than all of you. I'm exactly what a wrestler's supposed to look like. Well, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons that Reigns doesn't work is because he just comes off as a complete fucking douchebag. But they present him as a face. Right. You know what I mean? If they presented him as a heel, it would work. And then eventually get over as a face. He'd eventually get over. But who's going to main event WrestleMania? Roman Reigns is a heel. (laughs) No, he has to be. The baby face has to come out, Aaron, at the end. I mean, he's got to be. God damn it. What about the T-shirts? Okay, well, I'm just saying, that's what I think. And then this match, um, Luger did a really good job in it because he sold it like he thought he was just going to come out there and Brian Pill was this little guy, you know, and I'll, I'll take him real quick. And he doesn't, he didn't realize that Brian Pillman was really good. You know what I mean? He underestimated Brian Pillman. And there was even a couple points in this match where he runs away from Brian Pillman because he's like, holy shit. I didn't think this guy was going to be like this. Mm-hmm. And they're having their match, and Luger doesn't even win with a torture rack or a pile driver. He wins with a hot shot because Brian Pillman goes for a drop kick that he barely, like, Luger brushes him off, barely, and Pillman hits the ground. And as soon as Pillman gets up, he hits the hot shot, pins him one, two, three, and then grabs his United States title. Like, he runs out of the ring, grabs his belt, looks in the ring for, like, half a second, like, Jesus Christ, and then hauls ass. Cause he wants to make it. sure, Huh? Hightails it. Yeah, he hightails it because he wants to make sure there wasn't a fluke that he even got that pinfall. Right. Luger did a really good job in this match. Pillman did a really good job in this match. And I really like the fact that that story was being told. So these guys got two and a half, and I actually wrote this down, two and a half chicken tenders. With some dipping sauce. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it's some dipping sauce. What kind of dipping sauce? Whatever kind they want. We have three options. <laughs> Up next is Chris Cruz interviewing the Road Warriors, and it's just your typical Road Warrior promo. And they're getting ready to fight the Skyscrapers, which is the original Skyscrapers, which was Sid and Dan Spivey, and 
you just know this thing is going to be rough. And I do not think that the Road Warriors and Dan Spivey got along at all in real life. <laughs> because Dan Spivey at the beginning of this is all kinds of uncooperative. Like, Sid's doing his thing, you know. Sid's just doing business, you know. He's just doing what he's supposed to be doing. But Dan Spivey, he ain't giving those guys shit. And um, eventually Hawk is done with it. And he hits um, Dan Spivey with, like, a really stiff clothesline. And then the shit goes off the... Uh, like, I know the match ended how it was supposed to end. Because they used um, Teddy Long's big golden key that he had, you know? Right. For um, uh, Norman the Lunatic. So, you know, if there's, like, a gimmick like that involved in it, it was supposed to end in a DQ. But... <clears throat> The shit goes off the rails, and they start beating the shit out of each other, and um, it ends in a disqualification. And just because I like watching four big fuckers beat the shit out of each other, especially when one of them is being super uncooperative, I gave them two chicken tenders. <laughs> no dip, no dip sauce. They didn't get a dip in sauce. The only dip in sauce was for uh, Pillman and uh, Lizard. That's some dry-ass chicken. And then we're going to get a Chris Cruz interview with uh, Ric Flair and Sting. And I asked Kyle if he could hear this because I want you guys to listen to this and hear if you hear what it sounds like I think Ric Flair says at the end of this promo. You guys ready? Ready. Yes. Ready? Yes. Huh? Yes, but it's very, uh, very shrilling. Huh? It's very shrilling. Frick, sorry, listen. Did he say tonight fucking Muda? That's what it sounded like he said. <laughs> he said funkin' Muda. Fucking Muda. Fucking Muda. <laughs> that's Stone Cold. I wanted to make sure I was the only person that heard it. That's Stone Cold before Stone Cold. Yeah. He doesn't say it, but it sounds like he says it. He sounds like he says tonight fucking Muda. You're going down. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. They introduced this thing as a um, electrified Thunderdome. Remember, I've said electrified Thunderdome a couple reasons, a couple times for a reason. And Ole Anderson is in Flair and Sting's corner, and Gary Hart is in Muda and Funk's corner, and they are called Terminators in this match. Okay. Okay. Because they have towels, and only they can end the match by throwing in the towel and terminating the match. Hmm. <laughs> See, like, like when you look at Terry Funk in the Great Muda versus Ric Flair and Sting, do you need to add an electrified Thunderdome and Terminators to it? No. 
you don't. <laughs> and and the more I thought about it, you know, to us, like Great Muda was cool and everything, right? But imagine if you're a Japanese, like in 1989. Imagine you're like a 15 year old Japanese kid, and somebody tells you, obviously in Japanese, I have this VHS tape, and it has Terry Funk and the Great Muda as a tag team, and you're expecting so much. You would lose your mind if you're a Japanese wrestling fan and they told you we have a match where Terry Funk and Great Muda are teaming up. You would lose your mind. So, um, Muda's up first, then Terry Funk, and then uh, Sting, and then Flair, and then this electric thunder cage drops down and it looks really cheap, and it's got like all these like Halloween type gimmicks and chain stuff on it. And uh mind you the only way you can win is by having your Terminator throw in the towel. And um do you remember what the do you, you guys remember what the cage is supposed to be? Electrified? Yeah, they, they're climbing all over it. Ten thousand volts are climbing all over it. Okay. Christ. The match goes. It goes. Guess how many people actually get electrocuted electrocuted in this match? <laughs> None. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody gets electrocuted. <laughs> and then, um, Flair ends up getting uh, Terry Funk in the figure four. And Sting's like hitting all these splashes off the top rope. His mood is tied up and he can't get out of it. And um, Gary Hart won't throw in the towel. Won't throw in the towel. And then Ole Anderson ends up hitting Gary Hart. And when he hits Gary Hart, Gary Hart does the big heel flop. And when he does it, he ends up you know, losing the towel. And then Bruno San Martino just sees that fly into the ring and sees that Ole still has his, his towel. And that's how they end the match. So Flair and <clears throat> Thing win the match. And it's just abysmal. But just because of the people that are in it, I would give them two chicken tenders. Because it's four of my favorite guys ever. Uh, it was so. very, that was very chicken tender of you. So how many chicken tenders did the pay-per-view get? Three of them. All right. But this is what I, this is like the weird, and after I talk about this, I have to pause for a minute so I can use the restroom. But anyway, Eric Sting win this match. Mm-hmm. And do you know what theme they egged it to? Oh. <laughs> Sting? Like they, no. Okay. What would, what would be your next guess? Flair? No. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm out of options. <laughs> well, you didn't go with the obvious one. <laughs> Dusty? <laughs> no. They, honest to God, leave. Like, they're celebrating leaving. And War Pigs by Black Sabbath is playing. The, the Road Warriors theme? 
No, the Road Warriors theme is Iron Man. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sure. This is War Pigs. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> okay. But when the Road Warriors come out, it's not Iron Man. It's like WWE Iron Man. Right. But when these guys are leaving, it is actual War Pigs. Huh. So this gets a, what the fuck, Vince? <laughs> like, when they're leaving, and like, like, because for a minute I was like, am I really hearing war pigs? And it's like, damn it. Damn it. I'm like, this is actually pretty badass that Steve Player walking out the war pigs. But, yeah, I, I didn't understand it. I don't know. <laughs> I so I guess since they played War Pigs at the end of the pay-per-view and it made it on the WWE Network, I'll also throw in um, a, side a couple of Diet Pepsis and a biscuit. I was going to say a side of wedge fries. Uh, <laughs> those are always drier than what they what you think they're going to be. <laughs> so that is my pay-per-view review. Yeah, if you're 35 and you still order wedge fries, you've learned nothing in life. <laughs> yeah, I just get with some honey, bitch. Go sit down. I gotta use the restroom. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, <clears throat> it will be it will be my short but very dismal review <laughs> of Super Brawl One. And we'll be right back after this on the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Alright, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And um, at this point in the show, usually, because quite frankly, I drink freely during my podcast. I'm usually pretty drunk. So this is the Nate's review of Super Brawl 01, and he's really fucking drunk. So this will be fun. Are you guys ready for this? Not really. Yeah, these people weren't either. Because they didn't buy tickets to the show. This is in Nashville, Tennessee at the Municipal Auditorium. This is a WCW pay-per-view. Now, Kyle told us about a 97 pay-per-view where business was fucking great. Aaron told us of a WCW pay-per-view where maybe, just maybe... Attendance wasn't great, but to be honest, bell to bell, the wrestling was probably pretty good, right, Aaron? Bell to bell, it was about 89, 89, 90, 91. It was a good amount of chicken tenders, right? It was in the ring. It was better than the WWE. <clears throat> well, Super Brawl One. This shit is. I mean, this is fucking terrible. 
This is almost this is almost as bad as pro wrestling gets. We're in the municipal auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Eight people. And this is this is a pay-per-view, folks. This is a major pay-per-view during the quote unquote heyday of pro wrestling. I mean this is this is a month removed this is a month before, I should say, the biggest WrestleMania of ever wrestlemania 17 and we have 4395 people for a pay-per-view in nashville there may have been more people at pay-per-views for wwf pay-per-views in 95 So here we go. It is Super Brawl. It is called Super Brawl Revenge. I don't know what number this is. It might be 11. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because... It's number revenge. The <laughs> the booking tells you they don't care if it matters. They don't care. The tagline for this pay-per-view is A Path of Destruction, A Night of Vengeance. <laughs> it's so stupid. Anyway... That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> None of this does. Um, we open the show and our commentators are Tony Schiavone and Scott Hudson. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't have a lot to say about the commentary because one of the biggest problems with the commentary team like this, Shivani and Hudson are both decent commentators. Okay, I'm not taking away from either of them. But it is, to me personally, it is never a good idea. Uh, much like when you were talking about Jim Ross and Bob Cottle, Aaron, it is never a good idea to me personally to have a commentary team that has no color. Yeah. This, this team is no color. They both are trying to present themselves as sports broadcasters, and God bless them for their effort. But it's it's there the common there's nothing to say about the commentary in this pay per view because it is it is it is just it's just that it's just two guys commentating there's nothing entertaining about I mean, not not entertaining I'm not trying to take away from that does anybody see what I'm saying here Yeah and also I mean Tony Schiavone's gone on the record of saying before um, you can only commentate for what's in front of you mm-hmm. and they definitely do in this one so we are in the the um, height of the... In fact, in fact, Tony Schiavone said that when he went back, like when he left the WWF, mm-hmm. he was there two weeks and realized that he made the biggest mistake of his life and he should have never left Vince McMahon. And um, from that day forward, like that two weeks that he was there, he felt promised, you know, like, like he felt I was promising or whatever. Cause I'm back and you're asking me questions about Vince and what has he got? Maybe we can get that. And then two weeks realized, no, that was going to happen. And then he said every base of the week, every week he thought this is the, this is the day <laughs> we're done. This is the day they're going to come and pull the plug. So from like 91 to 2001, he thought every day, like every Friday, at the end of that week was going to be when the Turner executive came and said, you guys are out of business. <laughs> and eventually, Tony was the only one in WCW that was right. Yeah. 
We're very he called WCW a casket on wheels. <laughs> We're very close to that here. We're in the midst of the ever so unsuccessful Magnificent Seven storyline with Rick Flair. With Rick Flair at the head of his. Okay, so here's the first problem with this show. We do the same storyline three times in this show with three different programs. Um, we show that during the pre-show, uh, Scott Steiner, who is going to be defending the WCW Championship against Kevin Nash later in the program, uh, takes out Kevin's knee with a with a steel pole. All right, so anyway. Is we it cartoonishly all- big? We- <laughs> We all see, yeah, pretty much. that big one for a while. We also show that in the same vein, in the same breath, in the same pre-show, Animal, Road Warrior Animal, (laughs) attacks Kidman for no reason. (laughs) So Kidman is out of our opening match, which is a six-man cruiserweight match. The winner is going to get a shot. Tomorrow night on Nitro. That was one of the things I always hated about um, Attitude Era. I know this is WCW, it's just not quote-unquote Attitude Era. But the Attitude Era in wrestling, I never liked when they would do a match on a pay-per-view that would have an impact on tomorrow night's TV show, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, You're you're demeaning your pay-per-view in that vein. But anyway... Kidman is supposed to be in this um, six-man cruiserweight match for a title shot tomorrow night for the cruiserweight title on Nitro. And the other participants are Evan Courageous, Uh. Kaz Hayashi, Uh. Jamie Noble, Shannon Moore, and Yoon Yang. Which is Jimmy Wang Yang, which is my one of my favorite cruiserweights of all time, as you guys know. But um, it, the funny thing about the and then the, the the guy that replaces Kidman in the match because he was injured by Animal is Shane Helms, Sugar Shane Helms. Um, the match is actually really good. It's an elimination style match. It's a good cruiserweight match, other than Courageous. Everybody does a good job. Shane Helms wins the match. and um, essentially this is the end of the three count. But the match is good. The match is good. I mean, it it is what it is. It's a a good match, isolated. Um, It could have done without Evan Courageous. But anyway, Helms wins the match. Then, after that, they show Chavo Guerrero paying off (laughs) <laughs> Rick Flair and Animal <laughs> and like security camera footage to take out Kidman during or before the match. Um is is Eddie is, is Chavo the cruiserweight champion? Yes. Okay, so I just want to make sure because I was like, why would he pay him off and then not be the guy <laughs> to replace? Okay. So he just didn't want to fight Kidman. Right. <clears throat> I'm going to try to find logic in illogical situations. That's fine. That's fine because I did it for three hours. Um, and then we have the uh, another one of those storylines. Kyle, chime in here. 
Mm-hmm. Another one of those storylines that late late WCW did the constant. Str- it, it's like it's like that boring ass shit they do with the commissioner shit now in WWE. The constant struggle over the commissionership of WCW, which you know is funny because it's pretty much. The fucking truth of WCW. <laughs> no is, one who the is, fuck owned it. This is it. true. This is true. No one knew who was in charge. It should have always been the cat. So we have the right. So we have the current commissioner Lance Storm in the back with Chronic. Well, hold on, Lance Storm. Lance Storm is the commissioner. Now later on tonight, he's defending his commissionership against the cat because the commissionership at this point in WCW is like a title, like it's like a championship. Did they put um, it on a pole? Huh? Did they put it on a pole? <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> Rousseau was gone by this point. Actually, I think everybody was gone by this point. I think uh, <laughs> I think uh, Klondike Bill was booking at this point. <laughs> I opened a panty on a pole match. <laughs> dirty panty. Crazy. Dirty dirty panty is on a pole. <laughs> I think I think the only thing worse than this. It's probably when they had fucking Sting as the president of WCW. I don't even fucking remember that. Yeah, because he beat Ric Flair for it. I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, it happened. Well, Lance Storm, our commissioner at this point, is in, in real the... life. It was just whoever showed up to the office last. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the, mayor, the it's like the mayor of a small town. If you find him dead, if you find the yeah. mayor dead, you're the mayor. You're the new mayor. <laughs> Fuck. Now that now that would have been funny to see backstage. It's like fucking everybody walking past the dead fucking <laughs> commissioner. <laughs> everybody everybody trying to would've... pin it on pin it on everybody else. Either that or every time somebody would be like, oh, God damn it, I found Kevin. And then he'd just, like, wake up. So Lance Storm is in the back with Chronic, Brian Adams and Brian Clark. And they're trying to sell him a WWF magazine from 94. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> and uh, Brian Adams is hurt. So here's your other hurt storyline. So we've had three... Storylines, three of the same storyline: Nash, Kidman, and Brian Clark. They've all been injured prior to the pay per view. So Storm tells Clark he's got to get checked out because Chronic's going to have a Chronic's going to have a match with Luger and Bagwell later on. So that should be a barn burner. But, but you know why? Brian, you know why Brian, everybody's hurt, right? Brian Adams has to get checked out, and if he cannot pass the doctor's exam, he's he's excluded from the match. You know why everybody's hurt, right? Because <laughs> they don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, it's because they fucking London. They cut all the fucking. They cut all the medical expenses out. <laughs> yeah, something they had to do something. Trying to fucking save WCW. They're like, all right, boys. Bischoff no, we're going to the doctor. Bischoff's like, if I'm going to buy this thing, I. <laughs> so our next yeah, match. Is former Misfits in Action, or Misfit, yeah? Misfits, Misfits in Action? Is that it? M-I-A? Yes, Misfits in Action. Fuck. God I'm, damn it. I'm drunk, and you have to be to talk about this shit. 
goddamn misfits. <clears throat> well, former MIA members, The Wall versus Hugh Morris. He is no longer Hugh G. Rection. He is now once again Hugh Morris. His real name? I don't fucking know. Whatever. Well, no, I'm saying, like, every time he changes his name in WCW, like, he's going by his real name. Like, his name was Hugh Rection. But anyway, that's Vince Russo. Um, Hugh Morris beats the wall after two um, Laughing Matter moonsaults. Matches. The match is what it is. It's not terrible, but it's not good. It's two good big guys. Yeah. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Um And then I think we, if uh I think if Jerry Tootie wouldn't have died, he would have had a bigger bigger career than what he did. Maybe if Vince would have Yeah, if Vince would have got his hands on him, he'd probably Bro. been alright. I'm not saying the guy would have been like the world champion or anything, but he would have had a good he would have had a good run in him. He was on the drugs, but go ahead. Our next match is, um, <sighs> okay. Uh, for those of you that didn't watch WCW 2001, which is probably a lot of you. <laughs> anyway, um, they had a, a faction called the Natural Born Thrillers. It was Sean Stasiak, Mark Jindrak, Sean O'Hare, Chuck Palumbo, and Mike Sanders. Reno. And Reno. Sorry, who could ever forget Reno? Other the than fuck was Reno? Other than everyone. Um, he was the guy in the filthy animals. You mean the natural born thrillers? Yeah, natural born thrillers, sorry. And he sucked. But anyway. The fuck is a natural born thriller? So once again, proving out the shitty booking tactic of WCW and... 2001 you have this group they're together for about six months and now you've already given put them at odds with each other and broke them up just like i was mentioning earlier about wwe 2018 with stroman ziggler and mcintyre anyway so we have a match for the wcw tag team well, championships what i'll say next next month the company is out of business so i don't blame them for they had the fucking shoehorn these fucking storylines <laughs> We're like boys, this at fucking the, thing but, but at this point, they still thought they were safe because Bischoff and Fushant was going to buy that shit. But anyway, um, which hang on, real quick, did you fucking hear Bischoff talking about that? Mm-hmm. Where he's like, I don't hold anything against them for fucking pulling on that motherfucker. Yeah. Well, that and he was on the beach. Like the it's over. Oh, good, it's over. No, no, it's over. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Fuck. <clears throat> I think everybody's better off. Um, Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo, who were actually a pretty decent tag team for a couple of big, you know, young upstarts against Sean Stasiak and Mark Jindrak, because they obviously have dissension in their group already. Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo retained the WCW tag team titles in this match. And it is decent, but not great. Now, they were put. This is going to sound. Not going to get what I'm. Maybe you will. They were putting an armory match 
on a pay-per-view. Yes. Like, if you would see this match in an armory, you'd be like, that was a really good match. Right. In front of these, like, you know, 175 people. Like, a lot of the filthy, I keep saying filthy animals, sorry. A lot of the natural-born thrillers could have been a lot bigger stars if they wouldn't have been put on TV when they were. Oh, you're absolutely right. Like, like the problem they had was by the time they got to the WWE, people were already like, those guys suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? My biggest example... Like, like, if they would have been in a gym or an armory or a whatever you want to call it, a fairground or something, they would have been the best guys on the show. You know what I mean? Because they looked like, like Mark Gentrack looks like what you would expect a fucking professional wrestler to look like. But WCW was so desperate. They were just putting these guys out there mm-hmm. and they got hurt because they got out there before they were actually ready. If a Mark Gentrack put into like a Funkin' Dojo or a WWE Performance Center or even back in the day, like a power plant, he would have been huge. Well, I always, huge. I always, well, you know, you know, I, I you know me. I'm, a, I was a mark for uh, Sean O'Hare. I am too. I um, like Sean O'Hare. I like Chuck Palumbo. Mm-hmm. You know, and Mark and, Jindrak. And, and Mark Jindrak. and 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 like I said, those guys could have been those guys. I'm not saying that. Like I said, just like I said with the wall, they might have not been the world champion, <clears throat> but they would have had careers. You know? mm-hmm. But they came in with a stigma of this guy sucks. And so, really, the most successful one out of all of them was Chuck Colombo. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, not so that, that's good. Just, that, huh? Not so good. Yeah, I just, I just think I think those guys got hurt by being where they were at when they where they were at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was all happenstance. They were, they were, that was a raw group of guys that if WWE would have had them, they could have been, and I'm not saying they would have been on the same level, that you could be talking about them now the same way that like people talk about how at one time there was John Cena, Shelton Benjamin, Brock Lesnar. Right. And, you know, in the same class, you, you, you could be talking about those guys in that same vein, I think. Absolutely. But, but they just came in at the wrong time. So the next one, the next match on this show is uh, honestly the best match on the show. That of all the matches on the show, this was the highlight. The highlight was more watching them wrestle each other, which was Chavo Guerrero. Is, is, oh, go ahead. Is is, is uh, Tori Wilson on this show? No. Tori Wilson's not on this show? No. What about Stacey Heaver? Nope. Okay. So the, if either one of them were on, they had the best match. But we'll go with it's Chavo Guerrero and an unmasked Rey Mysterio. Um, the match is really good. The finish is butt. I mean, Chavo just wins on a chicanery countout kind of finish. Um, the funniest thing about the match to me though is is you have the pre the pre pay-per-view angle with Kidman 
where Chavo is so concerned about Kidman, he pays off Road Warrior Animal and Ric Flair to beat up Kidman. Why wouldn't he beat up Rey Mysterio? Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, <laughs> Chavo wins this match. And then we go to a... You didn't put out there when I tried to put logic to it. You didn't tell me that Chavo was going to have a match. <laughs> no, I didn't. I've never watched this <laughs> fucking show you were talking about. So now we go to a segment in the back where it's uh, Commissioner Lance Storm and Brian Adams, and they're arguing, and Lance Storm says, you know, Brian Clark hasn't got um, clearance yet, so... Talent? So if you're going to wrestle your match with totally buffed <laughs> Christ, <laughs> it's going to be two on one, which just makes it three quarters bad. But anyway, um, that's the deal there. Now we have a United States championship match because Dustin Rhodes is fighting his daddy's fight 733 years later. Against Ric Flair and his Magnificent Seven. And this match is fucking terrible. This is... I'm taking away chicken tenders at this point. It's Rick Steiner, the United States champion against Dustin Rhodes. I'm putting away chicken tenders at this point. I'm putting putting them away for later. (laughs) I'm freezing these bitches. Rick Steiner, Dustin Rhodes, U.S. title. It is fucking terrible. It is fucking terrible. This is Rick Steiner when he didn't give a shit. And Dustin Rhodes when he was so worried about his addictions that he didn't give a shit. That, I mean, this match is... I I, I'm, I was embarrassed to watch this match because at certain points in the, their careers, I really like these two guys. So this match isn't even so much terrible as it is almost sad. It's so bad. I heard Dusty wanted to be at ringside because he heard Steiner was just passing out potatoes. Sucky, <laughs> sucky. <laughs> it's so bad. It is so bad. Uh, Steiner wins. Uh, whatever. Um, was Dustin wearing his red leather pants? Yeah, no, he was wearing his black leather pants. Yeah. All right. More slimming, I guess. Those are the alcohol over heroin tights, I guess. I don't know. So now we come to our match that is... I mean... I guess you could say it's the worst match on the show, because it is. There's a lot of bad on this show. But this one is uh, Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell in a (laughs) handicap match against Brian Adams. Crush. Crush, brother. And then Brian Clark comes out in the middle of the match. I thought he wasn't allowed to be in the match. Now, wait a minute. He comes out in the middle of the match. And um, winds up being a total bust for Brian Adams. God, this match is so bad. Anyway, he winds up being a total bust for Adams. Uh, totally buffed wins the match, and then it turns out that the Brian Adams we were watching was actually Mike Awesome dressed as Brian Clark. I'm sorry, the Brian Clark we were watching was 
Brian Adam or Mike Awesome. What is happening? Yes, this is real, dude. <laughs> this is real. Fake mustache, fake hair, everything. Who it's, was fake? Mike Awesome is dressed as Brian Clark. But the real Brian, Brian Cl- Clark. The, uh, the real Brian, Brian Clark. The real is... Brian Clark is making his way to the ring, but he's injured, like holding his gut or whatever. I don't know. But Brian Brian Clark <laughs> is thinly muscular. Yeah. Mike Awesome is husky muscular. <laughs> yep, he's muscular. <laughs> like if I'm gonna, because Brian Clark obviously wasn't injured, right? If I'm gonna dress Mike Awesome up like anybody, I'll dress him up like Crush. Yep, because <laughs> they have the similar build. However. <laughs> I feel, I, I, it's like I'm getting hot at you about this pay-per-view and you have nothing to do with it. <laughs> I didn't book this shit. I'd have booked a much better show than this. <laughs> I would have told all these people to go home. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been like when Ole Anderson walked into that territory that Ron Fuller. You ever hear that story? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, Nate? Yep. Rolly Anderson walked in and was like, you guys got to stop it. Stop what? <laughs> All of it. <laughs> stop. Everything. Just go home. <laughs> That's what I would have done with this shit. But go ahead. Sorry. No, it's all right. So our next match. Yeah, the show kind of had me. So you talked about that chronic bullshit. So our next match is for... Um... Ah. One of the most, most important titles in WCW. That's the commissionership. Of WCW, it's Lance Storm versus the Cat. <sighs> Mike Awesome tries to get involved in this match because because he's also he dressed up like Ernest Miller. Wait, did I say <laughs> did I say Mike Awesome? I'm sorry, I meant Mike Sanders. He's also a former commissioner of WCW. Because, well, I mean, everybody gets a turn. WCW is like WCW commissioner's spot was like a whore and a gangbang at this point. Everybody gets a shot. Right, it's like a it's like a night like a like knighting. <laughs> you know, but anyway, it, like, sir. In all the craziness, the cat becomes once again the commissioner of WCW. Finally, thank God, all is right with the world. Yeah, him and Miss Jones dance. And it was honestly, I bet, I bet, <laughs> I know, I know it was a commissionership <laughs> or whatever, and that's stupid. But I have a feeling that Lance Storm and Ernest Miller had a decent match. No, it actually wasn't good. It wasn't. No, I was expecting the match to be good, and it wasn't. I've never seen like, a bad Lance Storm match. Yeah, you you watch this pay per view, and you will. Um, I won't. <laughs> I'll never see a bad Landstorm match because I'll never watch this pay-per-view. So the next match is Diamond Dallas Page and Jeff Jarrett. Christ. (laughs) But the next match isn't Diamond Dallas Page and Jeff Jarrett because Jeff Jarrett comes out and says, remember this? I'm actually my 
awesome. Remember this DDP? And then he shows a video of DDP saying he wants Canyon any place, anytime. And they do it in this really annoying Max Hedrum thing where he's like, Canyon, I'll take you any, 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 any place, any, 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 any. It's really fucking that's, annoying. That's the only videos WCW had to make. <laughs> so anyways, it, it turns... the fucking tape skipping. It turns out that DDP is going to wrestle Canyon. So he does... And but she, it's actually Mike Awesome dressed up like Candy. Chicanery ensues. There's a guitar involved. And um, Canyon beats DDP. So then Canyon says, well, your match tonight was actually against Jeff Jarrett. So now DDP has to wrestle Jeff Jarrett. Now here's the fun twist here. This People is to watch two Diamond Dallas page matches. This is yes. This is all just as bad as you picture it to be. <laughs> okay, but here's the fun twist. This is the uh, this is the best. This is this might be the best twist in WCW in the entire '99 through 2001 era. Okay. Oh God. Check it out now. Tell me this isn't a good twist, guys. So remember. Jarrett used his guitar on DDP so Canyon could beat DDP, right? Okay. So now DDP is wrestling Jarrett. And when they go to try to use a guitar, there's no guitar. (laughs) So DDP beats Jarrett. (laughs) Because there's no guitar to use. Now, I hate wrestling now. now. I know. Now, granted, any other time, any other time, there would be fourteen guitars under the ring with baby powder loaded in them. I know. But anyway, so DDP beats Jarrett. So now we're on to our main. Remember our main event? Yeah. You remember Scott, our? Remember our Scott first Steiner versus Mike Austin dressed as Kevin Nash. <laughs> with a Jeff Jarrett guitar <laughs> for the commissionership. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So this is our 18th me angle of the night. <laughs> and this match is Steiner's title versus Nash's career. And at this point, Kevin Nash is like, I tap. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm I, done. I, I don't care. As long it, man. I don't care as long as I, I get Fuck. Hey, I'll go fuck something to check, you know. What the fuck ever, you know who drew? I did, you know. Like I was a champ, but not really. But I was. But anyway, uh, Scott Steiner, <clears throat> because of interference. Okay, first Kevin Nash comes out. They, Steiner comes out, talks a bunch of shit about how Nash is hurt. He can't beat Steiner. Steiner's the man. He's the big bad booty daddy, et cetera, et cetera. And then Nash comes out in a wheelchair with his knee all bandaged up. But you know it's a hoax because he's got nurses that have, like, gigantic tits. You know, that's, that's Kevin Nash's gimmick <laughs> at this point. It's just like he comes out with chicks with big titties. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> you know, you get, if you have tits, you know, I mean, you got a wrestling show. Who gives a fuck? Hey, where's the Charles? Hey, who gives a f- who gives a fuck about the wrestling? You know, 
Like, it's, what is this real? What is what is it real? One of them fucking really fighting. Those aren't real. Am I really fighting Steiner? No. Titties ain't real. <laughs> Entertain the people with some titties that ain't real. You know, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, who's the who's the mark? Who's, I mean, they who, bought the paper. Who's the mark? You know. <laughs> anyway, Nash is of course faking that his hey, name. I figured I was running this shit. <laughs> Who? Harry Taylor and Johnny Ace. <laughs> well, that's all we need about that. That's as good an option as anybody. So Steiner, uh, Steiner. So- Steiner, after help from uh, Ric Flair and Medasia, winds up beating Kevin Nash. Retains his title, and now, quote-unquote, Kevin Nash is gone from WCW, which was going to, uh, obviously, I guess, pay in, play into a storyline that Bischoff was going to do if he got to relaunch WCW, because they took out Goldberg, they took out Sting, they took out, you know, took out all, the, took out all these guys, and Bischoff, when they relaunched WCW was going to bring them all back in this big triumphant babyface versus heel feud, which never got to play out. So none of this actually makes any sense. But anyway, that is Super Brawl 2001. And um, if I'm rating, if I'm rating this in yep chicken fingers, I'm going to have to say this pay-per-view gets a half a yep chicken finger. What? It's a half a chicken finger, a half a fucking Jeff Farmer. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason it gets any credit is because Chavo and Ray have a really good match. Other than that, this is a trash pay-per-view. Throw it away. Don't ever watch it. You give them some queso dip and tell them to get their own chicken. If you have a W, if you have a WWE Network subscription, skip it. It's not worth the point oh one cents you would be paying out of your nine ninety nine a month to watch this garbage. Because it made fucking paper. How, how, how many? How many? How much did you say it was? It was like a half a chicken finger because of because. No, of, how much did you say if they can't, if you were watching it on the network, you paid for it? Oh, out of the nine ninety nine a month you pay, it'd probably be like a quarter of a cent, yeah, depending on how much you watch the network. It made a quarter of a cent. I guess this pay per view is terrible. Oh, it's fucking awful. Like Never I said, the, the only real redeeming thing that I would ever go back and watch again without being forced is the Chavo Ray match. The match wasn't bad. So, and the Cruiserweight. I mean, the Cruiserweight six-man was okay, but I'd never watch it again. So anyway, Uh-oh. that, as they say, is that. I'm really sorry you had to screw that. <clears throat> I'm not. Asshole. (laughs) (sighs) Very much. But anyway, that being said, and with my pain being exerted, it is time to wrap up the We Can't Wrestle podcast for this week. Next week's show will be Freeform. No top ten, no pay-per-views, no specific topic for next week. So we're all just going to bring to the table whatever we bring to the table, and that'll be it. And with that being said, 
Gentlemen, do you have any parting words before we sign off on this long, arduous edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast? I hate wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hate it. I don't hate wrestling. After listening to that fucking horde show, I feel your pain because I had to watch fucking... Great American Bash 2000. Still better than Raw. Right you know what I do every time I have to watch a shitty pay-per-view like Super Brawl 01, Kyle? What's that? Choke a puppy? No. <laughs> Although you'd like to. Go back and watch... In Your House Canadian Stampede. <clears throat> yeah. Or, you know, Great American Bash 86, a fantastic wrestling show, and just remind yourself how good it is and why you're a fan. Go back and watch the first Raw Raw is War, you know? You want to watch something really random, which is actually one of the greatest wrestling events to ever be put on? What's that? Just go on. Just go and watch Spring Stampede 1994. That's just a standalone great wrestling show. Or I, know, watch. I know, Aaron, you'll you'll disagree with this because it's so recent and everything, but go back and watch WrestleMania 26. Yeah. Anyway. What's the main event of that one? Taker and Sean. Oh, yeah. And it's got, Bre- it's got Brett and Vince... With that whole angle, it's got... I mean, it's got some really good matches on it, too. It's got Edge and Jericho. Go back and watch SummerSlam 08. Or uh, fucking WrestleMania 14. I know, I'm... WrestleMania 13, 14. I know I'm harboring here. This is the end of the show. But I'm just saying, Kyle, you you started this train. I hate to be a wrestling fan. I hate wrestling. But we know why we love it. Oh, yeah. That being said, other than your... Kyle, you're the negative one this week. Damn. (laughs) Other than your negative-ass approach to this shit. (laughs) Kyle, say goodbye to your fans. Bye, fans. Bye, fans. Bye, fans. Aaron? Thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week with a free-form edition of the show. We're just going to bring to the table whatever we bring to the table and see what happens. Abraham Lincoln said, when in doubt, whip it out. (laughs) And that's... Okay. (laughs) Right? That's right. Yes. But he had... Probably had syphilis. But anyway... Thank you for joining us on the show this week, wrestling fans, and we'll see you next week for more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. <laughs>